on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt will sit down with Tim and Max from Jazzwares to talk about the Micro Galaxy Squadron line that is Collector's Abuzz. After the interview, he'll be joined by young Nick to rank the shorts from the second season of Star Wars Visions to spark a little fan debate. They'll also riff on some recent comments from Dave Filoni and Tony Gilroy on their future Star Wars projects to cover some no-duh type of reveals. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week and the latest round of featured Star Wars artists. Punch it, Chewie. Everybody, and welcome back to the latest edition of the Star Wars Time Show. And if you are here live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show, you're probably seeing something a little bit different than you're used to on a Tuesday evening. And that's because this week, for the first time in 23, we've got some special guests. And based on the chat going on right now, I have a feeling some of you know who these guests are so just in case you're not on the live stream let me introduce our friends from jazzwares we've got um max lux and tim i probably should have asked how to properly <laughs> pronounce your name before we went live but is it tim bungaroff that's right you did it you got it <laughs> on one take all right Not wait tim tim i didn't know we we're on wolfman jack's radio show with that intro that was that was, that was uh pretty damn good you like that no we, we don't mess around here in the star wars time show so welcome again gentlemen it's, it, i'm glad to have you here uh obviously like i said we we've got people chatting left and right so you you two seem to have a little bit of juice as they say in the industry and it, it doesn't surprise me i mean the Star Wars Time Show, we're, we're shepherds of the toy community over on Instagram. So, you know, we, we get to see the buzz. We hear the talk. We see the, the toy photography. Do you guys even, do you know toy photography exists? Have you seen what some of these artists are doing with the, um, the, yeah. the micro galaxy squadron series that you, that you all have been putting out? So that's who typically watches this show. So that's probably why we're getting a little more, uh, little more heat today in terms of the the chat so um, I mean, the creativity that the line has inspired in people has been just like next to next to nothing i've seen before like, like as soon as the line came out we had people doing these insane artistic shots and i was like wow how can i just get them to keep doing this and they just kept doing it on their own like it's just like providing a canvas for them to kind of go nuts on has been an absolute honor and dream like it's like and I think I'm allowed to say this, but like the number of fan photos that have appeared in just like company decks and stuff like that when we're doing pitch meetings to show the the breadth and just how how people really have become fans of the line, it, like every other slide, guys. That's it's it's oh, incredible to see. Uh, one of the ones, Max, that I just saw was the the Munilus 10 lat. Um, oh, with Nostalgic uh, Adam? Yeah, Nostalgic, nostalgic Adam. Adam the fireworks. I mean, that was incredible. And for me, you know, I was a big, I was a big fan of toys growing up. And then, you know, I got involved in theater and I, I stopped being a collector as much, but getting back into it, especially in this new age of social media, there's the, what's so great about it is this sort of photography community and people can share. And now all these, 
these characters and these vehicles are so detailed and everything's just getting better and better and and the cameras are getting better and better so the ability for us to share all this cool stuff with one another is an awesome experience the cameras are getting better and better True. <laughs> hey it's it's not the gear it's it's the person behind the gear that that's yeah. what we tend to say in the photography community but now you guys are i mean really toy photography it, it kind of became a big thing 2015 2016 and it's just gotten more and more advanced more deep, yeah. more artistic. Like jumping off because it, it that, was that's interesting that you can peg it to a time period. It was black. It was uh, Star Wars Black Series figures, and as we were talking earlier, Funko Pops had a big effect mm-hmm. on on toy photography. Uh, but also one six scale, you know, a lot of people with the hot toys and, and the higher end collectibles. But for me, it was it was Funko Pops. And then the all I saw the black series. And as you said, I mean, the stuff, some of the practical effects that these artists can get can produce with these toys, just just make them not look like toys. And especially yeah. with with your line and, and the miniatures and the way they can use it with force perspective, with with larger figures. We see a lot of your ships showing up in the backgrounds of shots where, you know, you might have a, a 12 inch figure, six inch figure. So it, it, the community has embraced Jazzwares in the, um, the micro galaxy, like none other I've seen over the past, what, seven years at this point in time. That means a lot. And I mean, this is, this is also coming from like, you know, we're the same company that the, the Halo figures, the Spartan collection. And that's, that's another one I see people still going nuts for toy photography for that, for like, even, even now, like years after its launch. And Max, I think another great point about like, you know, why I think our series is probably connecting with photographers is that this has been Max's mission from day one is that it's our authentic scale. So much of what the line is built on is making sure those vehicles and those ships are the right sizes to each other. And I don't think uh, really we've really had that as a community in the way that uh, Micro Galaxy Squadron has put together. So in that way, it's perfect for photography because they really look correct together. Right, because you're not, I mean, if you're talking building a ship at 1-6 scale, it's ridiculous. I mean, I think uh, the the Mandalorian and or the Mandalorian Naboo has like a six-foot wingspan to scale to a 12-inch Din Djarin. So you are right. And, And like I said, I've seen a lot of your product in mixed scales. Where, uh, especially with the ships, I mean, there, there's some awesome shots out there. Clone Wars air with your lats. They got them in the back on, you know, coat racks before they wipe them in post. And it just makes the, the action pop. So were you expecting this line to get gobbled up the way it has? No, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be frank. I mean, I, we severely underestimated how many fans were uh, were going to really. Well, one, I mean, I always talk about this of Star Wars being a multi. It's a multi generational property, and I know that's always said about Star Wars. But I think just right now, the convergence of fandoms and how they're being serviced by the licensor is. That's interesting to speak, but like, it, it's there's so many there's so many generations coming together at once, right? You've got the OG fans, right? The OG fans who grew up in uh, the 70s, 80s. The fans who got in during the Power of the Force era, like Tim and I. Um, the fans who really jumped on in the prequel era. And then that subset of people who really got into it during the Clone Wars era, the OG Clone Wars yeah. era. Then you have the Clone Wars television series. Then you have the sequel trilogy. And now you have the Disney Plus slash kind of 
all in multi-generational Disney plus era of fans who are just kind of coming into it. So there's, there's so many fans of so many different ages that you come to, you come to this uh, and you're looking, okay, you know, we're developing a line. We want to make sure that we have the eight tier evergreen classic vehicles like the X-Wing and Darth Vader's TIE fighter and the regular TIE fighter. But I know there's also fans of the 2003 Clone Wars micro series. I know there's fans of the Clone Wars animated. I know there's fans of Book of Boba Fett and current content. And it's, are we going to be able to service all those fans at once? And we surprisingly were. Yeah, I was going to say it worked. And that we, <laughs> we went as broad as possible uh, in the selection of, of product. I mean, even from Wave 1, you have the Genovix, you're the first ever Genovix Starfighter uh, toy. Like, to have that in the mix really showed collectors and fans and kids everywhere what we were trying to do with the line. So, but, you know, that's a gamble, right? I mean, I was fortunate to work with a team who kind of believed the vision, believe, and again, also Lucasfilm. We can't forget Lucasfilm, our collaborators there. Like, they saw our initial line plan. They saw the Genovix on there. They didn't bat an eye. They were like, all right, cool, include it. How much input uh, do they get then, Max? I mean, do they get final approval? Do you pitch series to them and they can say yes or no? Yeah, and so what we do is they're they're great. They're collaborators. Um they give us they give us information about what's coming down the pipeline and they give us information on what anniversaries are coming up what key marketing beats there's going to be so we do get guidelines in terms of what's going to be hot from a okay we're going to put a, a marketing push behind return of the jedi for the 40th anniversary so make sure you have your 40th anniversary return of the jedi vehicles in there of course we're gonna you know we're gonna execute against that but it's it's also something where that that guidance plus what we feel is going to be, you know, uh, impactful from a play perspective. Like that's where the design team really gets involved in terms of what we can accomplish in terms of play features, et cetera. Um, and then also what evergreen vehicles we feel we need to pepper into the line. And what's interesting is that evergreen has changed. Evergreen is no longer just X-Wings and TIE Fighters. It's really Jedi Interceptors are, are evergreen now. Um, my argument would be the staff, the bark, the ATRT. Those are evergreens now. Yep. Um, you have such a broader variety of ships that more, more, more fans really know that you can draw from. And you know, again, when we're building out each each series of line, we work with Lucasfilm. We come back to them with a list of vehicles. We provide our justification for why we feel these vehicles are the right ones, and they'll provide their their feedback. And then we'll just go from there. Um, We've worked with them long enough on the line that we do. We are pretty much in sync when it comes to what vehicles we're selecting. And right now, we very rarely have a lot of back and forth. It's it's very much like, but that's awesome. Let's do it. And what's cool about like the evergreen, the evolution of the evergreen stuff is that you're seeing sort of generations get a little bit older, right? It's like all of a sudden, like it was always the X-wing Tie Fighters, but now the you know the prequel. I was gonna say it's got to be the prequel stuff because those those kids are now. 20 30 yeah. year olds so exactly they're they've growing up and what's so great about the line and i think why we're hitting such a broad spectrum is that you know there's this attention to detail this for collectors this authentic scale and stuff like that but also like they at star wars celebration there were a bunch of kids at our booth they can take a beating there are tons of play features so it's this it's this really great mix that I commend Max and the design team, you know, cause I come in at the end and I just get to write about it and have fun with it. But <laughs> they, it's true. I get sort of the, the easiest, but most fun 
fun stuff, but they have designed it in such a way that the collectors have something that is awesome and is looks great on their shelves that also doesn't take up too much space. Like we're talking about the six foot wingspans. And then on top of that, it's something you can really play with your kids. And as the generation cycles and continues. And it's really I, funny that Tim, yeah. that Tim, you'll come in, you'll come in, you'll be like, oh man, what if we do this vehicle? I'm like, Tim, that's a target exclusive. It's going to be on shelf. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then I just cheer. The fandom yeah. shines yeah, through. He's mad because they haven't put in the copy request yet. He's like, I have to write about that by when? <laughs> tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow morning? Hey, yeah, we got a good, we got tomorrow. a question for, I'm guessing this would be for Max. This is coming from Rag Riz Spectre here. Uh, more or less talking about old series, some of the hot ones, some of the chases. Are, are there any plans to re-release old series or, or is eBay or bust for some of these collectors at this point? In particular, so, they're talking about S Sabine's Sabine. tie. Um, so for Sabine's tie in particular and then any any rare vehicle that we've done. So one, I do want to say that there will no longer be new tools utilized for rare chase vehicles. There will all be redecos or, or minor retools at the most. Um, you know, we've heard fans loud and clear who were upset that General Grievous's Starfighter was a a, a rare vehicle. Um, we originally had the Tie Bomber as a rare vehicle before moving it to common because you know we did see the writing on the wall of like, why are you doing this? No. Um, that being said, we will not re-release vehicles that were rare chases because they are meant to be limited unless there is a significant color deco variation that we can find. So Sabine's tie, if there is a, uh, a deco variant that we can do that makes sense, we'll 100% do it. Um, but just a straight up re-release won't really happen. I guess that's a, that's a question I would like to ask then. How do you decide, how does Jazzware decide what what becomes a chase, which becomes a rare, which is a common, what, what dictates that? So, you know, we're, I'm going to be honest. We didn't realize the appeal of rebels. Um, and we didn't realize how strong the rebels fan community Ooh. was at first. Um, Better get to was, it, man. Uh, ah Ahsoka is going to be coming in August. Thanks. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, no idea about that. Back, uh, I think what, three years ago when we were planning out the line and, um, yeah. So, we wanted to go with, I mean, Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's is wave two, right? Like, that's, that's series two? Mm -hmm. Yes. Wrong. Yeah. We planned that out in 2000, oh my God, 2021. So Ahsoka was like, you know, information, but we had no idea what was coming in terms of that and what would be included or what characters could potentially appear in that at that time. So that was baked. Those those design sheets were done so far in advance that, again, we had no idea. But again, we also underestimated the appeal of Rebels at our own peril. Um, and we really saw that when we revealed the, the, the chase piece being Sabine's masterpiece and everybody going, oh, my God, yeah. I'm like, I need that. Why is it a chase? <laughs> and in a way... When you look at it, 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 it kind of is the perfect chase piece. We just didn't realize how big of a demand. It's like, because it's a because a great what makes a great chase piece is that, like Max is saying, it's not going to be new tools, right? It's going to be a re a, a different paint job on something that's already had we have. So Sabine's was like kind of a perfect example, but we underestimated. So I will I will slightly disagree with Tim there. Like I, the 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 watchword for best or you know good chase pieces and good chase figures are 
pieces that you would love to have in your collection but don't have to have in your collection and again we miss we misinterpreted the or we we did not fully understand the appeal of rebels to the overall fan community and so again is that we, we will probably not re-release the sabine wren's tie but at the same point in time series two is just getting out there into stores especially walmart um so you everybody's going to have a better shot at grabbing that and you know from a case pack distribution standpoint there are there are sabine type fighters out there um yeah, I'm starting to wish I, now, I picked one up that. when I saw it in the wild now that I know these these eBay prices. I mean, I, I've I've listen, I'm a huge collector. If, if I could show you, you, you'd see I've got a nightmare behind me. But I've purposely and you're not going to like to hear this, but I've purposely well, I thought, I stayed away to the Boba Fett's. I thought your collection was limited to the two posters, the Boba Fett helmet, the Superman, which I'm assuming is Mez, is Mezco's 112th. Uh, and then R2-D2. Oh, yeah, I got Bo, Boba it. chilling here, Quill, Maul, Thanos is over there, and my 40 other hot toys are in a plastic uh, container right now as my wife is helping me redo the basement. My collection is limited to this container of Marvel Zoom. <laughs> no, my, but, but back to my point, there's a reason I'm not a crackhead with with uh, micro galaxy at this point in time it's be- i've i've had to make choices in life after my my funko pop kind of uh fall from grace where i, I went probably five or six hundred deep there then i got nuts with black series now i'm getting a bit nuts with hot toys and it's just you got to draw the line somewhere so i just i, I kind of appreciate the micro galaxy from afar but it is killing me not to collect it but as you well i think i think the thing is we've we've worked that into our 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 planning as well although you know hot toys collectors i mean that's that's a that's a hefty that's a hefty check right yeah that that's you know you you might be a need Um, to be a little bit older i'm not i'm not trying i just it's i don't need another obsession i guess is what i'm saying and and the this line is obsessive as we can see so, from the people in the chat I'm that's why we're lowering the msrps here so you got your 499 scout class now your 999 light armor class and your 1499 starfighter class so you can't possibly go wrong oh, sorry man. max no, 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 max no, is an pitch. enabler i can tell <laughs> so am i uh my pitch as a collector so this is what i do and because i look at full lines of things and i'm like oh my god i want everything but what i do is i put a limit on myself and i'll just say okay maybe maybe you're i don't know maybe you're an empire guy maybe you're uh, a rebel guy or maybe you're just rebels right what's so great about and max was talking about this earlier about our line is that we're we're, we're pretty much trying to hit every era yeah that, that's a problem for for complete collectors like myself well, well, you guys are like oh did, who wants to chase people like me like when you got to yeah. have them all that that that's where things get nuts but what you could do is you could just say hey i'm going to go in and i'm going to collect the mandalorian from micro galaxy squadron and and leave, <laughs> and leave it at that and then or you could just go because i what i do is i do i for micro galaxy squadron i just do um the og rebels so i'm like i have all that that's gonna live in my house i just i'm, Jim, I'm telling you work, you. you work for the company just say you like <laughs> everything that's what you're yeah i mean they don't jazz wares doesn't let you uh take any no, of the they do i have the other stuff but my own like what did i rebuy okay re-buy all right stuff all right for my own there yeah. you go T- tim's eating up all the chases that's what's happening that, that, that's right here. hey we, we yeah. got a question a question for you tim coming from max rebo max rebo would like to know <laughs> 
if you're going to yes. see a non-chase land speeder. He thinks it, or they think it seems kind of essential for MGS collectors. Oh, for uh, uh, for the land speeder. Ma- I mean, Max, you should take this because isn't that a is that a, that's a chase, right? We're talking about yeah, Luke's land to, speeder. Just, and just to, he wants a non. He's asking yeah. if there's going to be a non-chase land speeder. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, let's. Let, I just want to give quick introductions, right? Like. Um, so on the line, I'm the senior brand manager. Like, uh, I essentially help shepherd or work with all the different co-functional teams that cross-functional teams that work within Jazzwares on the line. So design, packaging, marketing, product development, and then I report to leadership. We kind of create the line and work with licensor to really bring it to life. Um, and so that's that's again that's designing the product, that's making sure that all the features work correctly, that it's manufacturable, making sure that it is manufactured working on packaging that's going to highlight all the product features and going to make it as desirable as possible on shelf. Um, and then marketing to really get that going. So that's really my, my role is to really be the quarterback for that entire thing. Uh, Tim, Tim is our, what are you, are you our senior copywriter, copywriter? Just copywriter, action and adventure. Action yeah, so Tim's our action and adventure copywriter, which is the coolest job title. So, why, Tim, why don't you explain that a little bit? Like, what, what what's your day to day as copywriter? Let, let's say so, uh, Max brings you, hey, this is our yes, our next so ship. What what do you do? So yeah, so Max will generally text me or call me in the morning, like at like six thirty, five thirty a.m. my time. He's like, hey, we got a pre order coming tomorrow. Here's all the copy for this series. Uh, no. Max Max will put in an order for a for the latest wave of everything coming in, and then it's my job to write all the product copy. Be like, hey, you know, actually, it's funny you bring up the land speeder because that was actually one of my favorite. I I wrote two versions of that copy for Luke's land speeder. One that was all about the power converters from Tashi Station, which I scrapped, but I loved. But it was a little bit one, a little bit more Joseph Cam- Campbell. Kill, kill your darlings, Tim. Kill your. I darlings. know. Kill your kittens, right? <laughs> one that was more answer the call to adventure, uh, and because because I found out that Ben Kenobi was on it too, so I was like, all right, we're gonna go in that direction. Um. So yeah. So Maxel, Max, or another brand manager. I also do other brands like Pokemon and and Micro Machines and uh, and other things. Um. So but so I'll Tim, are you mostly writing like the the the. PR material, what you'd send out to outlets, or, or does any of your copy make it to the physical packaging describing well, the, the shipper? It, right now, we don't really have a lot of copy on our packages. That's something I'm always like pestering Max about. I'm like, let me let me write a, a whole yeah Star bio Wars yeah. As, as as a as a worldwide toy company, we often have to translate our packaging into up to seven to. <laughs> In different languages, which yeah, means it would add a little bit to the bottom line. Also, need to be translated into thirteen different languages and appear within the same general area or an area that's um, acceptable from local testing guidelines, which is <laughs> extremely complicated. Um, so, short and sweet but, is the direction from Max. Keep keep it yeah, simple. But yeah, that means that if if I wanted to put on our ATAT Walker, for instance. Try me. I have 13 lights and sounds. That's going to be that's going to be 11 paragraphs long. Yeah, packaging. makes sense. Makes sense. I just yeah. I, I wonder. You know, Tim being a a writer, if you know, you're you're probably trying to get as many words as oh, possible absolutely. out there. I wrote a I wrote a whole thing on the ATAT that was like a a, a, a <laughs> rebel opus. transmission. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, it, was, it was the instruction manual was originally a rebel transmission. Um, but yeah, but no, but then that got struck down by the uh, by. Uh, here, here's a good question here for you, Tim, from DC well, Micro well, Squad. Do you write the descriptions for the target website? Uh, probably it's been, it's, it's been, it's been lifted. Uh, yeah. So if you go to target and it's like, if you see whatever the description are for it, it'll normally have bullets and then what we call romance copies. So we have like our brass tacks, which is like the call outs of like, you know, what do you get with, what is this? What do you get? And then the romance is what I have fun with it. Cause then you get to, I get to say, you know, this is the ship that I get to, you know, add a little color, like add a little flair. You know, this is the ship that that Yoda flew to uh, to Moraband. You know, to confront okay. you know Darth um, you know Darth Bane, uh, and that's what's of- my favorite. What's my favorite, Tim? Oh, stay alive. Well, I thought that was my that was it was stay alive in the in the Star Wars Micro Galaxy Squadron battle damaged Tie Fighter. But I thought that made sense because it's like this thing is flaming and it's flaming out of control. Stay alive. Yeah, the, the, the same fan here asked, did you write the disobey orders for the Marauder description? I did. There you I go. Did. Look at that. Hey, you ask yes. and, and you shall receive here on the Star Wars That's Time so Show. That's so good. <laughs> hey, you know what, guys? We, we just kind of, we shotgunned right into it. So I'm glad Max kind of paused things and at least introduced themselves. That, that That's on me. But, yeah. you, you know, sometimes we get, we got shy of a can- cannon here. We got right into the collecting <laughs> talk. Uh, but let's kind of rewind a bit as you know, you we got the answer. Go ahead. You want the answer to the land speeder? Yes. Question? Yes, no, we no. do. We do. Okay. Yeah. No, it'll never be uh, reused ever again. Um, the land speeder just isn't a really popular vehicle and I just don't see the appeal of releasing it. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, so there's a funny, there's a funny story behind that. First of all, 1000 million percent, that one will be reissued with a different paint scheme. Uh, it's, Again, it, it'll be a minor redeco. There you go, Max Rebo. Even a little bit more screen accurate, but there's a reason that that item is a is a super rare chase. It used to be a common vehicle uh, until we realized how, excuse me, incredibly small it is. Um, it is literally the size of about a Hot Wheels car, um, which uh, from a per- perception of value perspective from a customer paying between $9.99 and $12.99 for the item, Despite the fact that it has, uh, if I'm not mistaken, translucent rolling wheels and opening uh, hood with de- realistic and uh, decoed engine detailing, a removal back section with engine detailing and a removal engine cover, along with two microfigure accessories of Luke Skywalker, Tatooine, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, $12.99 is, is a bit of a stretch for something that is literally, you can you can literally hold it in the palm of your hand. So we decided to make that a super rare chase piece uh, just from a perception of value perspective of the average consumer, um, which again, kind of speaks to why we do rare chases to begin with, which is, look, you know, your average shopper at Target or Walmart is not going to recognize, um, you know, uh, Sabine Ren, not Sabine Ren, Cypher is a bad example. Uh, General Grievous is Starfighter, right? Um, so making that ship a rare makes a bit more sense. And that allows us to actually produce that ship as opposed to like putting it in a common slot and then having it kind of sit at retail, which we don't want. Um, however, yes, the land speeder was a very, very last minute. Oh my God, this thing is tiny. We need to make sure that we, uh, we put, we make it super rare and then we re-release it as part of a really cool, uh, battle pack at some point in the future. And that also brings up my question. It's about land speeders. I'm always on Max to get Han Solo's speeder from Solo, Solo from 2018. So maybe I'll land into it. 
maybe a battle land speeder battle pack in the future so so uh so tim tim has a has a strange affliction in that tim is the world's biggest solo fan um he uh, it it is his favorite it is his favorite star wars movie and every time that we discuss what's going to be in the line tim will invariably bring up when are we gonna get a? When are we gonna get a, a speeder? When are we? That gonna opening get a sequence hunter? is so much fun. Lando's Falcon. Have you guys made yeah, Lando's Lando, Millennium Lando, Falcon? Lando's Falcon is the one I want to do the most from Solo. We have done one vehicle from Solo. There is another vehicle from Solo coming. Emphasis Ness uh, bike would be pretty, pretty slick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know what? Spoiler warning. There you go. That's the one. Oh, <laughs> hey, you heard it here uh, first on the Star Wars yeah. Time Show. <laughs> It's so long. It's so long that it does. It almost does not fit in the blind box. Really? Oh yeah. I guess it makes sense. Like yeah. Long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to do Lando's uh, Lando's Millennium Falcon. I think that is that is probably going to be one of the more play focused and magnum opuses of the line, right? In that you you go like if you're gonna do it and you're gonna do it at this scale, you might as well do the whole thing where it it becomes pristine and then you're able to literally just take it apart and make it into the vehicle that you see at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, and again, the Millennium Falcon, I, I've said this several times, and Tim, I know this has come up before. The Millennium Falcon was that kind of centerpiece of our line where we go, okay, even when we were pitching this line to Lucasfilm, is that the vehicles in Star Wars are characters unto themselves. Yeah. Um, the Millennium Falcon goes through a character arc across the entire span of the media, from its pristine condition in Solo all the way to its battered and bruised uh, appearance at the very end of uh, Rise of Skywalker. So we really are committed to doing every possible version of Sweet. the Falcon that we can because it is such an iconic ship. I mean, we've already done A New Hope, We've already done uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. We've done a Galaxy's Edge version. So, all, like I, the team originally designed, and this came up on our last uh, one of the last live streams. Apparently, the team initially designed a Minoc, uh, like sculpted into the like eating the power cables on the Millennium. Oh, Falcon. that is slick. Um, That's a that, nice that touch. Got removed. <laughs> so, I mean, we can always add that back in at some point, or we can do a version that has Minox, or we can do, oh my God, Tim, what if we, oh my God, perfect idea. San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, Millennium Falcon comes with all new, you're, I know you're getting, you're getting the same place as me, all right? So it comes with, it comes with, um, oh man, Hoth, Leia, ha, uh, I guess Bespin Han, Chewy with goggles on and C-3PO and then a whole bunch of Minox and then the entire thing is in packaging that's yeah exactly I was gonna say the package has to be the face flood we're we're getting an inside look at a Jazzware Jazzware's product meeting right now I love it (laughs) we have to do that (laughs) one thing I wanted to to say about uh, Lando's Falcon because it would be like a new tooling as we've discussed (laughs) um people asked about the uh the lights and sounds of Return of the Jedi so if we did since Lando's Falcon would be all new we would definitely and talking about characters we would definitely need to do uh different like different lights and sounds and maybe L3 talking because she's like she's like a part of the ship she yeah she becomes part of the Falcon she's the Navi computer you know all the way through hey someone's got a good question here thing is really good we got to do that how would we do that from a packaging standpoint your packaging team is going to love you now 
I mean, go, I'm literally writing an email to them now with like an Exagorth exclusive. Yeah, you, you almost have to make the Exagorth a part of the of the toy. You know, like it's 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 plastic. Hey, how about uh, any ships from Andor? I like this question from from Devin Luthen's Fondor ship. I don't know, do you guys familiar my with dad, the Andor my series? Dad is, my dad is all over that question every day. Every time he talks to me. I'm like, hey, Dad, I'm doing this with Star Wars. He's like, that's great. What about this ship? When's it coming? <laughs> so there's, there's definitely uh, the audience. I forget how big this thing is. Let me just double check how big it is. It's pretty big, I think. Yeah, if it's really big, that's a challenge. I don't, I don't think it's, it's no bigger. It's, it's smaller than the Falcon, so it shouldn't be yeah. too massive. I can't get into how much uh, our tooling costs, but it's extremely expensive. Um, let's see. This is, yeah, it's Starship class. So this would be one. Again, our goal is to do every Star Wars vehicle ever. Um, but from a Good tooling goal. cost perspective, meaning the cost of the molds and our reuse potential for the, the, the Fondor ship, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a little while away. Hey, while we're talking about money, Max, I, I know earlier you mentioned the, the price cuts that I know obviously this community is aware of. Do you, will the retailers adhere to your new recommendations? Well, again, uh, MSRP stands for manufacturer suggested retail price, which means that a lot of them don't have to. I mean, right. you, you'll go to Hot Topic, you'll pay $10 for a blind. You go to Walmart and you'll pay $4.97 for a blind. Um, we do anticipate, or you know, I would, I would guess which would be my best answer there, that your big box stores, Walmart, Target, um, would adhere to that, as well as you know, Amazon. Um, but again, I can't make any guarantees. Do you have plans to ever expand retailers to digital only, like Entertainment Earth or, or BBTS outlet, like big popular collector outlets like that? I mean, I, that's that's what I've been pushing for years at this point. So, yeah, I, I know that uh, talks may begin at any time or they could be happening. Um, I don't really have any information on that. I haven't checked in from a, a while from the sales side there, but that's our goal. Our goal is to be where the collectors are and where the fans are to help us build out that initial like uh, product push and help us do more more product or more vehicles, rather. I mean, there's so many different vehicles that we could do as collector channel exclusives we just need the large enough audience to justify the tooling and the development costs. Now, guys, do you see this line ever moving beyond just vehicles? I, I've seen a few questions like, are, are we going to do character packs? Uh, other Max, can I, can I, or can we, yeah. So Max has talked to me when we talk about this, is the, it, we, right now we are strictly vehicle. However, if there were ever to be something on the horizon, um, I know Max would love to get into creatures because that is the thing that would be, uh, there's a ton of creatures uh, in the Star Wars universe that are essentially function a lot like vehicles. To so, answer the question more directly though, Tim, sorry, like the line, the line from conception was built to be vehicle first, right? We know the vehicles are the star of the show here and the micro figures are really the accessories. So the place where you're going to get more microfigure accessories is with you know limited uh, army builder sets like the uh, Grand Army Public Battle Pack at Target right now, uh, in the May the Fourth end cap. It's a quick plug because I know that it's actually there because I just came back from my Target and they had they had a few left. Go go go! Um, yeah, but like the idea of doing just character packs, like it's a little bit less appealing to us uh, because again, we want to make sure that these characters have a vehicle to go in. And the magic of the micro figure accessories is that the ships are scaled to them. 
Um, and that for the first time, really, for Star Wars, a figure is an accessory to a vehicle as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, I, I can just yeah, I can I tell there's some more than anything else in the world. I can tell there's some older fans in here that are, you know, probably have fond memories of the Micro Machines, Star Wars lines, action fleets where you would get actual play sets like there was an Endor play set, a Death Star play set. You had the the Darth Vader face that would open up and reveal the Bespin, you, you know, fight so chamber. Have, yeah, that was on our panel in celebration. We talked about we, we love all those. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the inspiration for Line. I mean, I, I've said this before, but I own every single one of those transforming opening head play set, set uh, ships or uh, sets from Micro Machines. Actually, I'm looking at one right now. My, book my favorite was, was Darth Vader, and I love the Boba Fett, too. But Darth Vader was one. It sold me. It was when you could force push Luke out. Oh, yeah, out the window, and the window would uh, crack like, open. Was, yeah, big time. That was <laughs> What about the fact that you can literally like the, the thumbwheel thing to have Han Solo and Carbon yeah. eyes out of the center? Yeah. That was awesome. No, they were so and also the the R two D two that there was Job of the Hut, so you could drop you could drop. Luke see, that was head. my favorite. I love that set <laughs> so much because the Rancor is like my favorite. So like when Tim says that we want to do creatures and you know we want to do play sets as well, I, we're seeing where the line takes us. Like. You know, if we if we have the opportunity to do play sets in the future, we'd love to take that opportunity. Um, if we can do beasts in the future, oh, what be your favorite Boba Fett riding a Rancor? Yeah, Boba Fett riding a Magda. Yeah. I, I like Dubacks. I mean, my my goal would be just literally like fifty Dubacks. Like I <laughs> like I, I keep wanting to do this, but I haven't yet. Of just just requesting that our factory send like just bags full of ewoks that we can just have them like, as a massive massive piece. Just bags of ewoks but i can't i can't figure out an actual business reason to justify yeah. that the rancor would be good the uh the pergill we've seen a few of those those are the the space whales that that make yes, hyperspace yes, from rebels yes. and showed up a mandalorian crate crate dragon could work yeah. as a beast right i mean uh what else we got here the, the uh, myth mythosaur, yeah, Zillow Beast from Clone Wars. Oh, we, we have to do the mythosaur, right? Like, yeah. we have to do the mythosaur. Underwater playset oh, with sorry. opening eye. Somebody yeah. gave me. Somebody gave me. Um, somebody told me that I, I need to preface everything that we have from a conversation perspective with Tim and myself and any representatives from Jazzwares that you have on your program. Um, are fans ourselves, right? So. Um, anything that we speak highly of or we speak fondly of from a development or a selection perspective uh, is literally just our opinions and does not represent something that may actually get made. Nothing is final and official until we've confirmed it to be as such. So even though I say I'd love to do a Mythosaur, we 100% would love to do a Mythosaur and right. should do a Mythosaur. Everyone simmer down a little bit. Do a yeah. calm, <laughs> calm down, everybody. Quit, quit no, posting. I get, I get, I get write-ups from certain sites are like max max just confirm that we're gonna do a, a troop transport from this and this and like I didn't, I didn't yeah no i think i think I so far that. the only somewhat exclusive we got was the uh emphasis nest yeah. and that is that is actually happening so that that is legit for you micro galaxy fans out there hey i don't know when it's coming but it definitely is all right how much is there any relation to micro machines in micro galaxy are they two completely oh. separate brands no, completely separate brands. Micro Machines is owned by Hasbro, um, which Jazzwares did license uh, and did produce a awesome line of uh, Micro Machines, which Dim, Tim, 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 
did write copy for, but uh, no, there is no formal relation between uh, the two lines. They're completely different scales, and uh, yeah, they're they're totally different. Yeah. So your your thing is it's true one to one, right? Scale wise, uh, we're we're approximate. I would say one ish, one ninety six scale. Okay, uh, one ninety six. So eight feet of uh, real world space equals one. I'm sorry, eight feet of real world space equals one inch of toy space. Well, yeah, I'm an idiot. One, one to one would be we'd have to be parking these things out in our, our driveways and <laughs> one stuff. One would be real. Would be, would be <laughs> that would be problematic. Yeah. Good luck solving your packaging on one to one. But yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean the, the the packaging wouldn't even be a concern. It would be the the retail space of uh, going. <laughs> target okay yeah so yeah they're out back they're in the back 40 your sporting goods uh, <laughs> and most of your pet aisle oh and all of your grocery department yeah your your whole store one you would just you would just put the x-wings in the parking lot that'd be it <laughs> oh, i you love it i'm an idiot it'd be like when you go to home depot and you see the ride on mowers out front it would yeah just be that. exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do it hey you never know i mean they're, they're i've seen uh advertising or social media posts out there for a star Wars fan that has a $26 million star Wars, star Wars home theater. Galaxy yeah, they, there you go. So there, there's probably someone that would buy it. Um, you know what? We, we've been talking a lot of jazz wares, which is awesome. A lot of micro galaxy squadron, but Max just offered up, you know, they are fans too. So I'd like, before we, you know, we've got maybe 15 minutes left. Uh, both of you, what, what kind of got you in the star Wait, Wars? 15 minutes left. Well, we were doing an hour, right? do as long as you need man okay well we we still have we we have other topics to get through this is a weekly show so we (laughs) usually spend two and a half three hours sometimes i I don't want to eat up your whole night so oh no dude we're happy to i mean i'm happy to talk through whatever you guys have like i'm a massive fan of everything all right well hey when when we're done with jazz where i can bring all my co-hosts and we can rip through some of the star wars visions and and some of the other topics (laughs) we had but i yeah i I didn't know the I, i didn't figure you guys would want to be here for the for the slot so i just i planned for an hour but hey whatever you want to do do you have anything to do i have a sandwich to eat but that's uh <laughs> that's, that's pretty much i have not watched second season of visions though so all right yeah you might I not want to might not want to be in for that be one yeah because we're, we're going through rankings so we'll, we'll be talking a little bit about the, well, the help plots of each exactly one exactly which which episodes to watch and which right. hey, we'll see when we get there but uh, yeah, let, let's start with max i guess max, what got you in the star wars when were you was it a kid oh, thing so my- uh, parents family friends uh so to my parents watched star wars on one of their first dates together um but they never introduced me to star wars it wasn't a big cultural phenomenon thing to them um it was just a movie that they watched and my dad remember liking um but for me it was a really roundabout way um you can't really see any of my office space here so i'll just you know offer up one of them like i'm a massive transformers fan um, and I, I love everything about Transformers. And so when I was a kid, um, my dad would take, my dad is a doctor and he, uh, he would take me with him to the hospital on rounds on the weekends. And after he was done, you know, you know I would just sit there watching cartoons in the waiting room, but we would go out for Pizza Hut and he'd take me to the shop in Somerville, New Jersey called, um, called uh, Winston's and Winston's was miraculous in the 1990s because it had dead stock of 80s toys like for retail price so I, I don't uh, I'm not sure where you're from originally but like 
there like back in the 90s there was still a bunch of like 1980s toy stock especially on the east coast just left lying around in warehouses and so these toy stores would have access to it and they'd sell it for what the retail price was and so they had vintage transformers like ultra magnus everything like that brand new um for retail price and so i bought i would get one like once once every two weeks or so and one day unfortunately they were out but they did have this brand new item on the shelf, and that was <gasps> the Power of the Force 2 collection. And so I had no idea what any of these things were. And so I picked up the uh, I picked up the TIE Fighter, my first Star Wars vehicle, uh, Darth Vader, and Chewbacca. And I had a, a freaking blast with those. And I picked the up muscular. I, I was going to say, that's the that's the steroid <laughs> era of of making Star <laughs> Wars toys. <laughs> well, that's, that's the coolest thing about that line is that barrel chested. And it was like, my God, what is working for us right now? Oh, you know what's super working for us right now. So let's make these characters as buff and superhero esque yeah. as possible. Bunch of Tommy Tough guys. Sell. And then everybody was like, uh, I don't remember Luke having a six pack <laughs> and straining out of that toga. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, like Schwarzenegger packs. Like, Vader having a V shaped chest. <laughs> I, I did appreciate the the, the muscular Wookiee because I was like, well, that's what he probably looks like underneath all that shit. This, I, this is just, Princess this Leia was the best. Princess Leia was the absolute best. Do you guys remember how popular that character, that figure was when it first came out and then? quickly how derided it became once people actually looked at it oh ooh, see this is, a, this is a funny thing i actually i missed a lot of the power of the force years because that that would have been my my high school time so i i was focused on right other other yeah, stupid other things. things you know girls all that fun stuff um but I, I i missed it all my dad collected it so i've inherited some it's it's sitting in my my cubby but i yeah you, you always remember that line as being the the beefcake era of of star wars three and three quarter inch action figures i mean the craziest thing about that though is like is that that was the best time to get into star wars because you you got People it started. Was, they, they were putting feelers out there for the prequels. They were putting. They're they're really bringing Star Wars back into light again. And I was at that age. I was at a young enough age, like I was only ten or so at the time, where it still meant a lot to me. It was still really cool. And like the year that I got those figures, um, possibly even the year before, my first experience with Star Wars as a whole as like an actual movie is. My parents are having a Christmas party. I'm sitting upstairs because, you know, they're my parents' friends, not mine. And uh, I'm flipping through the channels, and I see the sequence, and it's the Rancor Pit sequence. And I am I am just blown away by how cool that is, and it's the coolest thing that I've ever seen to date. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's that was my intro to Star Wars. But the cool thing about that is I became such a Star Wars nut and such a Star Wars nerd that I picked up every piece, every periodical I could find, Star Wars Insider, it happens. Any, any magazine that featured Star Wars, um, any book like from concept to screen, screen, screen to collectible, well, Star Wars Encyclopedia, the essential guide to draw uh, to aliens and creatures, the essential guide to vehicles, um, all the DK books. Uh, what was the other really really big one? Um, any comics that I could get my hands on, like Star Wars Infinities. And so one day I'm sick and my mom's like, I'm going to go to the bookstore. You want anything? I'm like anything with star Wars, just find me anything with star Wars. I love anything. And so she brings me back this magazine. I'm like, this isn't star Wars. And she's oh, but it says star Wars. And it was this magazine it was packaged in a poly bag. If you can still remember those, like remember 
they used to have like those pallet oh, yeah. like call outs with what's in them. And it says free Star Wars poster included, but it's this magazine, Wizard Magazine. I'm like, what's, <laughs> what's Wizard Magazine? It's got Batman and Captain America on the cover. What's going on here? And I start reading that. I'm like, I really love this magazine. Like, this is really fun. And so I start to learn more and more about comics. And, you know, that they, those became kind of my dual passions with Star Wars and then comics and learning more and more about them. And what's ironic is that, I don't know what's ironic, but like, that led to me getting a job at Marvel, <laughs> like all those years and years and years later. But yep, Star Wars. See, that's that's, that's interesting. You, you kind of did the reverse, I would think, of most fans, where we start with movies, books, yeah. or comics, then get into the toys and whatnot. You kind of, you kind of did a little bit different. That's a that's a unique unique way into that far far away galaxy. Uh, how about you, Tim? What's your first yeah, Star Wars memory? Uh, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, before we went live. So for me, Star Wars has always been there. Uh, I was born in 84. Uh, my brother was uh, is seven years older than my older brother. And he was a big fan in, uh, you know, when it came out. And he was born in 77. And he saw Empire in the theaters. So I always had him above me. And he was, I became a much bigger fan than he ever was. But he sort of had that over me. So in my life, I just always, Star Wars was always there. I don't remember a first time I saw it. However, I do remember one Christmas my mom brought home. We got a VCR for the first time, and we got the Star Wars trilogy on VHS. And that was that was the beginning. Is of that the, the gold box set or the silver box set? No, 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 no. Like earlier. Like, okay. Oh, you're talking. You're talking the uh, the Yoda Stormtrooper Darth Vader head. No, 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 no. Even no, before no. that, like earlier. like the actual poster art versions. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. The actual poster art and the one with the the colored, not like the yellow, not the yellow. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I got you. I know where you're at. And 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 that and if I remember correctly, I, I can't like maybe that was my first time. I don't know. Um, but I remember that being a big deal. Uh, and then those were my tapes and I wore them yeah. out, you know, that that's, I had them. And then they just became a part of my universe. Uh, and then I remember what was a big explosion is that I, I was probably too, I was too young to like fully read them or even listen to them. But I saw the Timothy Zahn audiobooks on the shelf and I was like, holy cow, what are those? Those aren't the films. And I find out later in life, actually, I just kind of recently found out that that art was by the same guy who did the original poster art for at least um, Star Wars and Empire. And I was like, so there was an authentic feel to them when I saw them. And I was like, oh, oh my God, what are those? And they were like, they were cassettes, not, not uh, you know, uh, VHS tapes. But that started an even deeper love affair because then I got into the Brian Daly stuff because I started listening to his radio dramas. And I became a super fan of those. I'll, I'll, I'll grab my two. Oh my god! All my His latest here. acquisitions, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, so we got we got Han Solo in the Lost Legacy. We've got oh, check this out. Han Solo's Revenge. And then I just got this right before Star Wars Celebration. I found this at it. I got Han Solo at Stars, and it's a junior high library. Book. <laughs> it's, There's some like, classics it's, here. It's, it's, You're it's, really digging into yeah. the EU. Oh yeah, Brian Daly's like my favorite. So like I so 
so I became, you know, Matt, when Power of the Force came out, the movies would be released. I'm a big fan. Uh, Hold oh, on, here's the other one. Shadows. I got, I got Shadows. Of the Empire. Yeah, I was gonna say Shadows yeah. is coming. And what not a lot of people know about that um, is that he's not credited, but Lawrence Kasdan um, was a part of the story discussion. So, like, why is Shadows the Why is the overall story of Shadows so good? And like, why is the ending like? awesome it's because lawrence kasdan was like a big hand in that when like when darth vader comes and like the the tie fighters don't shoot on the rebels and they just go after Shizor's ship it's just like it's funny like a lot of this stuff has been put into their as they call legends tales but yeah recently uh, and especially in the mandalorian the mandoverse that timeline they are starting to tap into that stuff i mean we had what captain pelion was recanonized he's from heir to the empire uh even some of the things he said sounded very timothy zahn heir to the empire like right from it which i'm so glad they're doing because when we were on a live stream last week we were talking to paul who's who's carson tava and uh i was i was telling him man like i'm so glad they're doing they're we're diving into the new republic era and what's great is like there's so many eras of Star Wars. Max and I have talked about with the toys that we get into, but for me, based on sort of like where I was when I grew up, the idea of the New Republic era was super cool because that's where all the EU yeah totally yeah mm-hmm. that it was it's before the prequels the became a big thing. It was sort of like okay, they defeated the Empire, but now they got to put together the government, and it's like fragile, and there's all this other stuff, and we're still working with the same characters. Um, and, you know, I'll do my other plug. This guy's a big Brian Daly fan. Uh, Matt Stover's Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor, uh, which I love. Uh, I think it's really fun. Um, but I was into that, you know, that was in, I was into that whole era and uh, the explosion of the EU is what I was really a hundred percent. Would you of, all I, you know, kind of going back to, to Jazzware, this yeah. might be a max deal, but would you all consider making EU legend ships or, or no? Absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. There's, there's no question. We'd love to do it. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a matter of when uh, I know that we're able to do uh, some vehicles from the EU it all depends on you know what the vehicle is and the timing around. Even Hawk, the Outrider, right? Yeah, the Outrider. The, the one we get the most requests for of anything is the Outrider. The Outrider, yeah. And my and like I know we don't know anything about this, but like I, it all depends also like what's going to happen, right? Like we saw the Outrider in Rebels once, right? Like it was I think in one episode. You, they they showed it, and it wasn't the Outrider, but it was a YT YT twenty four hundred. Right. So it'll be interesting. Well, we saw the we saw we saw a YT twenty four hundred too in the Rise of Skywalker. Did we hey, not? I, I don't know. Do you guys play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes? Oh yeah, the, the, the Outrider's a big, big, big time ship in that with Ad- Admiral Radis's fleet right now. So I mean, it, it it's, in that community, it's it's big. We love the Outrider. I came out of of retirement because, like, my wife and I used to play it, like, all Oh, boy, here's another Swagoo crackhead. I found one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's tough, though, because Galaxy Heroes, like, because I also play Marvel Strike Force. Galaxy of Heroes is is tough because, like, the the shard packs are very stingy. It's grindy. I probably would spend a lot more money on it, but I'm always just like, eh, I'll just do it for free. But I came out to grind for the Outrider once I saw it was in there. I was like, Dash Rendar and the Outrider, yep. I'm back. Yeah. Done. Done and Specifically, done. Specifically, yeah. 
specifically to put it with my now six-star Hans Millennium Falcon. So I'm slowly building those up. What about, I remember the action fleet, didn't they used to do, and I know that's not you all, but didn't they used to, I think they put out some of the Ralph McQuarrie conceptual ships. So they did a two, they did a series of two packs where it was the original trilogy ship and then a smaller version of the Ralph McQuarrie concept. Um, that is something that we are considering doing. Uh, we just need to find the best route to get those out there because they are, they are super iconic and they're super cool. Um, especially the TIE fighter, the X-wing, your, your classic A tier vehicles, um, getting those concepts out there. But there's also a lot of really cool stuff from the prequel trilogy as well. That's just like all concept art and very early form and, and just kind of like, I really like that kind of prototypical look of everything. We'll also do the inspiration for Money of Falcon, which is a olive next to a burger at some point. <laughs> this is reminding me of the Micro Machine. Micro Machines did a small pack of, it was Kevin J. Anderson's, I think it was the Champions of the Force trilogy. I have this. Do you own this? I have an extra copy. Do you want one? I would love it. It's got Kip, Kip Duran and the, yep. and the Crusher. I was yep. like, that. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, whoa, that's deep EU. I was like, even well, back came in that. It came in a replica of the actual book itself, right? That was the yes, opening case, yes, and then you would open exactly. it up, and then it was in there. I, I'll send you pictures of it after the call because I have that. I literally have that in my basement in a box. Yeah, I don't know. It's like again, we're talking on behalf of ourselves, but yes, yeah, something from I mean, we're Scott friends, Walker. so it's only 150 bucks for you, Tim. <laughs> the friend discount. Yes, uh, we we we've we've mentioned this before, but I would what I would love to see at some point to do would be. Uh, Han Solo's revenge is actually the first uh, appearance of the word swoop. So, like for my money, I would love to get a Han Solo uh, sw- and like and 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 villain swoop battle pack to commemorate the swoop scene in here, which would be super awesome. So, w- with all these, with all the talk swoop. on these potential ideas, I guess Max, what what drives? a series is it is it all analytics is it customer feedback i mean what what type of data are you looking at to make these decisions on what should be made next i mean we've talked to thousands of fans at this point from being at celebration two years in a row and we've gotten we've gotten ideas from all different corners of the star right but they're they're not paying the bills so i mean what what data points do you have to see to get the (laughs) get these things greenlit so I need to, it, again, it also depends on the rarity. It also depends on, you know, how, how many we're going to produce, right? Um, if it's a newly tooled vehicle, meaning that it's a brand new vehicle, it's never been done, we have to sculpt it from scratch, and then we have to pay for the steel tool mold in order to actually get it produced. Um, it's, going to, it's going to need to be something that's featured in upcoming content. So if, if the Star Wars, uh, what, what, what do you call it? If, um, if any of Shadows of the Empire, for instance, became canon and became featured even momentarily on an episode of like the Mandalorian or something like that, we could consider doing the okay. vehicle. That being said, if it's something where it's just, it's, you know, the Sun Crusher, for instance, nah, Sun Crusher is a bad example because that's not that big. Um, give me a really random expanded universe vehicle. Uh, I, well, we probably can do it. We do like Corn Horns, Jedi, you know, his X-Wing starfighter from the, you know, the revamp. But even that, back. even that's an, even that's an X-Wing. Like I'm talking like, right. oh my God. Like, okay. You like using the Yuzen Vaughn stuff. There you go. Yeah. Yuzen Vaughn. That's something where 
that's a little bit harder. And I know we have a lot of Yozing Wong fans. I know that there's a lot of people who are probably yelling at me in the comments right now, which I'm not looking at. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be something that's a little bit harder to do. But what goes into it from an analytics perspective is, is it an A-tier vehicle? If it's not an A-tier vehicle, vehicle, is it coming up in content? Um, yeah. Has it had an anniversary recently? Um, so, you know, the, the Vanta Menace's 25th anniversary is next year. What vehicles are adjacent to that that we can focus on? Um, is it a cool redeco with just a new microfigure accessory that we can do? Uh, is it a minor retool? I mean, there's so much stuff from the Marvel comics that we can pull from at this point, that there's so many interesting vehicles that just have never really been done before with their specific rider. Um, is it something that we feel that the fan base is really going to kind of like uh, latch onto? Like, I mean, for me, it would be super random would be the 2003 uh, Clone Wars animated micro series, uh, the clone swoop bikes that they ride. They're a very different design than anything else in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like there wasn't Dirge be... was on one of those too, or the Dirge, yeah. I think Dirge well, had his own, well, own Dirge's, bike. Dirge's is completely different from the, the, the other Clone Wars guys. But yeah, like, Doing something like that, like those are those are cool nods to the fans, and those we are just, those are kind we of, just announced our dirge. Yeah, we did dirge, 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 dirge. Love it. it we're, we're getting some good ideas in here, at least from Swago. I think Tim might uh, the IG two thousand ship Xanadu blood Houndstooth. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. I, I, uh, I, the Houndstooth. No, I would do the Natasha Pop if I was going to do a Bosk ship, mostly because it is a easy repaint of the. Z95 Starfighter as opposed to being an all new tool, which is a brick about this big. Yep. Um, which I love Bosk. Tim loves Bosk. Everybody love on Bosk. the stream loves Bosk, but like I grinded so hard for Bosk in Galaxy. Heck Heroes yeah, man. The Hound's Tooth to is, is my, still my a, a stalwart. I mean, that thing is a tank. The Mist Hunter for uh Forlom and I and um and Zuckus, you've got the IG two thousand, I think. Yeah, yep, yeah. And, then, and Dengar's jump master, which actually which is a tough ship in uh, uh, X-Wing miniatures, which I, I also my wife and I used to play a lot of. Um, Again, no, the, the, that's, this is in EU, but the, uh, the the quad jumper, it was featured in Andor yeah. and then in, in TFA. It's an interesting looking yeah. ship as well. Yeah, it gets blown up within 11 seconds, right? <laughs> Not the one would Andor you, was would on. Consider, would you consider that an A-tier iconic vehicle? Hey, it, it got <laughs> it got Andor off that prison planet so he could then, you know, start start getting to where he needs to be to, to help blow up the Death Star. So, I guess, maybe, who knows? I would also love to, I would love to see the, uh, the V-Wing Starfighter from rogue squadron 64 yeah. deep cuts here deep cuts into the end of dark empire which was super wild like i've never seen i've never seen maybe we should we should if we if we did like a, a rogue squadron 60 that's one of my that's probably my favorite star wars game of all time um something from rogue squadron 64 would be so exciting for me can we do the what was it the the is it the dodge impala like what was the secret code you get? Oh you get yeah, George Lucas car? Buick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just do George Lucas. There you go. That'd be sweet. <laughs> oh, good. good that's stuff. the licensing deal. I, I would. I would 100% be on for. So one more with a little plaid micro figure accessory. Oh my one God. more question on on data. I'm I'm in the data, but like let's just say the current series are out there. What is your your biggest demo right now? Is it older, like 30s, 40s? 100. 
Yeah, I mean, 100% what we got is we have the collector audience. And it's interesting in that we don't have the specific data for exactly what collector that is or how old those collectors are. Um, we're working to build up the kid audience. That's really our focus for the next year. But the benefit is that, you know, the vehicles that are, you know, popular with kids and collectors are relatively similar, right? Collectors want the same vehicles from the Clone Wars that kids do. Right. Collectors want the same vehicles from the Mandalorian that kids do. So it's there's a nice bit of overlap there, uh, and there always has been. So it's it's not really a, a difficult call to make. Um, so you're getting like the, the the six to sixty demo then, which is unheard of in, in most uh, industries. I would I would definitely say it's it's probably more along the lines, and I'm just being completely honest here, which I always get in trouble for. But like, it's definitely more along the lines of the uh 20 i would say 25 to 60 year old demo um i you know kids definitely pick up the line but collectors are the ones who are snatching up the pre-orders who are snatching up the um the product when it hits store shelves and then kids are left with the evergreen chips to kind of pick through but also again though this is why i think it's important to get the demographic we have because a lot of these collectors now are either starting their families or have like, or 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 their families are in are in, uh, you know, have taken full shape. And what's so much fun about this line is that, you know, and I have a, I have a 15 month old, and I'm like, and I don't, uh, you know, there's certain, like the micro figures. Yeah. Oh my God. Tell me about it. Uh, and you know, there's when you're a certain age, you can't have anything too small, but. These things are loaded with play features. And well, Tim's were, son has swallowed so many microfigure accessories. So many microfigure accessories. I'm, I'm assuming they pass easily <laughs> then if, 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 if your son's oh, still yeah, around. I, yeah, yeah, I sort of plucked them out. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Tim has the x-rays to show. Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a great line for collectors and their, you know, and their families and their kids. Uh, because like like the ATAT, it's incredible. It looks super cool. It's got all these great posability features, and yet it's got tons of play features. And you know, uh, we were at at Star Wars Celebration in Europe. There were kids just like just coming back every day to play yeah. with it and just hanging out with it for as long as they could until their parents ripped them away. So. You know, that's and, you know, which is awesome because Star Wars is a generational story. That's what it's all about. It's about sharing. It's about sharing things with, you know, passing on what you have learned. So um, we're definitely pivoting to try to to reintroduce the story to a younger audience. But having the collector uh, base be a part of that is is a part of that. Yeah, I mean, itself. in Star Wars, you can always bank on the older generations sometimes forcing their love of it on the younger <laughs> generations, which always equals more sales and collecting. So you, you, you picked a, a good uh, brand to go with this line. Let's, oh, let's well, just say, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just makes total sense. It's, it's blown up since it's release. What was it? 2022 was the, the official launch of micro galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's only been like less than a yeah. year. It's been, it's been, only almost a year that we even it, it's got to be wild for you all because as a collector i feel like it's been around for for 10 years and it, it really has yeah. been a, a, maybe less than a year but i mean what what a story i mean do you guys ever just do you have time to just kind of sit there and be like holy shit look Absolutely. look what we've done yeah, with yeah. this line in just a year's time when i, when Max I, and I talk about uh, about it all the time and the one story the really meaningful story i have is that uh my son was born um, 
February 20, uh, 24th of 22. And then like not too long after he was born, I wrote all of the copy for, uh, for the, for the wave one for, so for like all, all of the, the vehicles in wave one. And that was such, that was such a meaningful experience. Cause I'd been following star Wars for so long. And so to be like, really, you know, you know, writing for an actual release of like really incredible figures. And I'd just become a father. It was, uh, it was incredible. I mean, same here, right? I was like, my, my son was born literally, uh, my wife gave me special permission to attend Star Wars Celebration, even though she was essentially eight and a half months pregnant Oof. to launch the line. <laughs> and then, you know, we had our baby at the end of June. And, like, I consider, I mean, I, I've worked in the line since, like, the pitch. Like, I, I, I gave the idea to upper management. They tr entrusted me, like, to lead the entire, like, kind of pitch process and working with all the various different teams to concept everything. And then, you know, when my wife and I were moving uh, from Florida to California, um, before we moved back to New Jersey, uh, just stopping in Arizona at a, like a, like a lodge or something like that to pitch it to Lucasfilm, all of that. So it's been, it's been a part of my life for so long. It's been, I've been there since like day negative three and the person who you know, I always, I always would talk about this stuff with, and who I would always go to ideas with is my my old college buddy over here, Tim. Like, even yeah, I mean, we were just we would just talk about Star Wars before I joined Jazzwares, and I remember like all oh, this like Max is like beginning to 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 put this together, and uh, and then you know, and then I ended up joining the team, and then had the the honor of getting to actually write for it, so. But yeah, no. A blessing. I mean, it's like the thing that the, my big thing about toys in general and about brands in general, uh, especially IP driven brands, is that you know you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have a passion, if you don't have a love for the 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 brand itself, the brands, the 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 item is going to suffer. And I'm so fortunate, like. Like, I can't state this enough. Like, I'm so fortunate that I am literally surrounded on a daily basis just by Star Wars fans. Packaging. Max, design. are we at, like, dream come true type of moment for, for your career? No, we're, we're beyond that. Yeah. We're beyond that. It, this, is, this is easily the biggest career highlight I've had. And I've worked on a line of, of cosplaying ducks featuring uh, DC and, and Marvel characters. Uh, that retail for a dollar each uh, called ducks with a Z at the end, because anything with a Z at the end is cooler. Um, of course. This, which sold, by the way, which sold a million units to Target. So, I mean, no, no, uh, no shade there to ducks, uh, <laughs> except that they weren't called one buck ducks. This was the original one. But like, <laughs> this is, this is beyond dream come true. Like, because I, I say this over and over again, I don't know if it resonates with anybody, but but me and people who've kind of lived through something like this. But like in the toy industry, you create product, right? And like you know, you're you're lucky if like a few people share the vision that you do, and that that people share the interest in what the item is, or you you know that they're they're as on board as you are. Usually, there's one person who's more overly excited than anybody else. Um, the great thing about Jazzwares in general is that everybody working on the brands that they are loves the IP, loves the brands that they're working on. Like they believe in Squishmallows. Like Squishmallows are a part of their life. Um, 
Coco Melon, like their kids love Coco Melon, and that resonates with them. People who are working on uh, on oh man, what was it? Uh, I think of another brand. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like people who Pokemon, are on Earth. Pokemon. Halo, Pokemon, Pokemon. Yeah, well, you want to talk about Pokemon? I like I've never seen a more dedicated team than Pokemon. But then you have Star Wars, and like you don't you don't get like people who are in product development who are fans of the line that they're working on like as much as i've seen on star wars like it's just like everybody loves it they're always like pd wants to be involved in every single brainstorm meeting or every single like like just thought gathering it's probably like Like a a mini star wars celebration every time you guys have a staff meeting right i mean you're all all fans all talking about star wars and and you're making money Mm -hmm. talking about star wars you can't beat it it yeah. really is, and like the cool thing is, like being able to do podcasts with people like uh, like like Paul 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 E and like Mike Quinn who are in who are you know part of Star Wars. Like we get to geek out with people who are actually in the films and listen to their stories and yeah, have them geek out about our product. Like all of that is just and the fa- and, the, and the fans and talking talking about for me the, the 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 dream was when we were at Star Wars Celebration Europe and. I ended up giving this, uh, I think it was the Imperial Troop Transport to a kid. But like, you know, I, I talked to his parents, are you guys in Star Wars? Like, oh, no, we're not really, but he loves it. And I, and I gave it to him and he gave me a huge hug. He didn't know hey, what to Tim, do. he'll never forget that. You know that, right? Yeah, like, he'll never he forget. will never forget and that moment. To me, I was like, well, and because I have a, a bit of a different path than Max. Like, I worked a lot of jobs not related to really cool IP before I, you know, I basically built up a body of work as a writer before it would it allowed me this you know, position. But like in that booth, giving that toy to that kid, talking to all these fans, like, and that's what, all the work, all the countless hours of no recognition and no compensation. It was all, it was for that. It was for, it was for connecting with like-minded individuals over the shared passion. And, and I was like, wow, to be able to do that, to do that for him, to talk to all these people. And, and that's what I tell the max all the time. Like, like you're doing, you're creating a product that a lot of people are going to, are going to keep for the rest of their lives. Yep. And to be able to interact with that community and be here and talk to you and, and just build these connections and, and over our shared love for this universe. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome guys. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm envious. I mean, look, I just, I just sit in my basement and talk about it once a week and, and make stupid videos on the internet. I would, I would love to like have a, an actual foot into the, the star Wars universe. So if you ever need well, an intern, a, let me know, you know, you got my contact. It's a, now. it's a blessing, right? Like it, and that's why I keep saying like the people who work on this are fans and like they're diehard fans too. Like, I get to work with Tim. Like I get to have Tim write my copy and Tim is going to go and he's going to add storytelling elements to this copy that no one else that I've ever worked with could, right? He's going to make it so that you you understand how the vehicle fits into the context of the films, why it's awesome. He explains the action features so well. He like it, he, he makes you want to buy the toy better than I ever could. 
uh, you know, my design team is just so ridiculously talented. Uh, our packaging team comes up with the coolest concepts, and like it's taking so much to not reveal our San Diego Comic Con exclusive. And well, they the they've been asking. I I didn't bother you, but there's been a few questions in the chat. Hey, you you guys said the SDCC exclusive reveals are coming soon. So when are they coming? I can't reveal that because I don't actually know yet, but once they <laughs> honest do, answer, uh, there you go, people, honest we're answer. We're going to do more of these. Like they're unbelievable. And then we'll tell you the really cool behind the scenes stories about one of them in particular. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Tim said, also it's the fans and like getting, getting to connect with them. Like being on these podcasts is fascinating and fun because we get to talk to people about exactly what star Wars is to us and what the line is and really just listen to them and take it, take what they're saying into heart, into heart so that we can better our product from that. I mean, my, my number one fan story will go back to star Wars celebration, right? When we launched, right before we launched, we had just, we had just done a press release. We had just, uh, you know, we had just set up the booth at star Wars celebration. And this kid came over with his dad, this kid named Noah and Noah came by every single day. And he would ask me, Oh, can you do this ship? Oh, I love these vehicles so much. Can you do this ship? Can you do this ship? And I said, I was like, by by day three of that, I was like, this kid is this kid is like a mega fan. And he's like, I like this about your vehicles. I think they should have this feature and this feature and this feature. I'm like, my God, like this kid's like 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 11, 12 years old, and he's already a massive fan. And so I go, I go, all right, all right, all right. no, come back. Uh, day four, last day of the show, with a typewritten list of every every vehicle you want to see us make. And if you do well, I'll give you something special. Now, mind you, none of the product had been released yet. I don't believe the pre-orders had gone live yet. Um, so nobody had any of this product in hand. Nobody. And so Noah comes back the last day. He gives me this <laughs> typewritten list. That is in oh, look at my that. bag every single day when I go to work, <laughs> when I come home. And it says it says stuff like AAT battle tank. Uh, I'm not going to read the ones that are spoilers. Uh, pod racers. Staff with battle droid. Uh, Grievous's starfighter. Grievous's wheel bike. Emperor's shuttle. Like all of this super, super cool stuff. And I gave him our very first uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's Jedi Starfighter Boom. that. Awesome. We essentially had that, is that awesome. wasn't even final. That was not even final. I'm just here, have that. But this, like, that goes. This goes with me every single say day. Ten this years, he's going to be on your I team. Do. You know, when you're when you're in the C suite, he'll he'll saying. be he'll be the brand manager. <laughs> I spoke to his dad too, and I said, "Look, man, like if this kid ever needs a job, you just let me know." <laughs> yeah, the idea <laughs> man. Let's hit him up. <laughs> Tap him for some ideas. Uh, that is great. Oh, we did. We also, by the way. He he also got the very first uh, Sabine's tie and uh, Hera's A wing that we produced. The very first. See people, what what Max is telling you, just bother him at shows, and maybe you'll walk yeah, away, mock, walk away with something that shows. no one else can get. Cool. Persistence. <laughs> yeah, my my. Giveaway, but bring notes. Giveaway. Bring type notes. That that's the trick. <laughs> also, be under the age of like what, like twenty. Come on. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I've run out of things to give away, so I just give away stuff that I find on my desk at work. Like those are my those are my giveaways during like a podcast for like trivia questions and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, guys, uh, how about you? By the way, how'd you get into Star Wars? Me? 
All right. We yeah. interview the host. Oh, I'm, I'm down. It's just literally it's from birth. My dad. I mean, it's just I've I've always been a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Earliest memories. I've, I've watched the movies. I mean, I, I saw Jedi in 83 as a three year old in the theater and have, haven't looked back since. So uh, I, I like I said, in my teens, I kind of fell away from a little bit because there's nothing new coming out. Uh, but once the prequels were announced, I was right back in getting my insider subscription up and going and, you know, go, go in the theaters, buying tickets for Monsters, Inc. Just so I could see the trailer for The Phantom Menace. And then I'd leave that type of stuff. Saw the TPM 10 times in the theater. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a junkie. Uh, it, it's um, it's been a guiding force in, in my life. Like, you know, I'm not like a you know, weirdo that, that can't function in society. You know, we, we, we know some of those people, but, uh, it's an incredible story, especially, especially the original, the original trilogy for me, it's, uh, not a lot of IP can say this. Um, but it is the story of Luke's relationship with his father. That, that's it. And the, re- the redemption of Anakin Skywalker, especially you know, especially for fathers and boys, because that's all I can speak to. But like the sins of the father, and then as you become a father, you understand, uh, you know, what came before you and becoming your own person in the shadow of your father. I mean, these are really heavy hitting themes yeah. that are yeah. are about all of civilization of mankind, and and Star Wars tells that story in in, in such an uplifting. Uh, way that you can apply to your life like not every ip and very no, few really have something that deep in element no it's just like i said i mean it, it's it's what got me interested in, in in tech that's why i now work in in it actually i i teach it it's it just uh, everything but but like you said tim it is it is the dad thing i, I wouldn't say i have the, the best relationship with my father so it does kind of mimic the the Luke Vader thing, Return of the Jedi is my my favorite movie. Favorite moment is their their duel in front of Palpatine. That that one still hits me yeah. even to this day. I've seen it probably a million times, but I I, I can still think back to, to little Matt watching those moments with the son teaching the dad a lesson. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's Return of the Jedi. People people are like always oh, Empire's the best. I think Return of the Jedi is the most serious. Yeah, that, of them that's all. my number and one. It's got. It's got other tone stuff for fun stuff, but like what's going on with Luke Vader and the Emperor is deep. by yeah. far the deepest, heaviest stuff in. Like, I mean, I mean, listen, I, I know everyone puts Empire up there for the most part, but as a little kid watching Empire Strikes Back, it was depressing. It was sad. I didn't like watching yeah. the good guys lose. So that's why Empire is <laughs> not my favorite movie. It might be the most well done overall, but to me, it's always going to be Return of the Jedi. There's just something about yeah, that I, film I, that resonates. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you because, I, like, Star Wars at the end of the day is, is a resurgence of the, the the serial format, right? And I feel like Return of the Jedi does that so well because it is divided to separate sections. Like you've got, like Tim and I were talking about this the other day. You've got the Jabba, Jabba's Palace section. You've got the uh, the say goodbye to to Yoda section. You've got the um, like this the Endor bunker siege. You've got the massive space battle. Then you have that epic epic final duel and that whole relationship. Like 
kind of coming together. And like, the wildly oh, off-tone Ewok feast. <laughs> Beating on the helmets of their food, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. And by the way, I am Max Rebo apologist. I love Max Rebo. I love Jedi Rocks. I think it fits in perfectly. Um, oh, get a special edition edit. Uh, hey, well, it was the only one I didn't see in theaters. So the 40th anniversary was the first time that I got to say I watched Return of the Jedi. In theaters. I, I don't. I don't so much mind the changes to to Jabba's palace. You know, Boba getting his Mac on, and what's his name? The, the, that guy. Love that. I love that. That guy singing that cr- the, the loud song now instead of Sly Snoodles. But I do. I I, I still to this day absolutely disagree with the choice to get rid of yub nub for for the for the ewok celebration in favor of whatever the hell it is now that that's bullshit like yub nub yub nub yes that that's but but, but, but the thing is tim 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 like that sequence shows you like it, it does it bookends the entire like six movies though because you see all these Different yeah, but for, but for the, the original trilogy, they can they but, can but, keep but, those scenes in. Just don't change the the damn music. Like oh, okay. like Yub okay. Yub Nub's okay. a killer okay. track. Yeah, like yeah. like that that's there all I'm go. talking that's about. Yeah, but like, people, people give the Ewoks a hard time. But the Ewoks, what I love about Jedi is that like it's it, it does have a happy ending, right? It does have, and that's the beauty of it, and and that's why Return of the Jedi I think is so good because yeah, but somehow Palpatine returned. That's revealed in Fortnite. (laughs) But like, here I'll say my only negative thing. I'll say my only negative thing. But Empire doesn't need to PR rule. I'm breaking my my PR rule here. The only, Uh the only thing that drives me crazy is that a sequence that was that was mentioned in the opening crawl of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker happened in uh, max we, we my co-host and i we've gone over this ad nauseum it, it, it's absolutely egregious that that's how that that shit played out oh i didn't yeah like jj abrams himself promoted the reveal in Fortnite. like it was one of the worst crossover promotions of all time because max is not wrong it was a a core a key story element delivered in a cartoon video game yeah, because you watch the opening crawl and you go, my God, the dead speak? Like, when did this happen? Yep. What did I miss? Yep. I saw The Last Jedi. And it's like, oh, oh, this happened three weeks ago in a four. Yeah, in a video game. Event. In a video game. Okay, so Rainbow Raider and, and, okay, and all the other Fortnite skins were there and they were dancing yeah. and, and, and dabbing and whatnot. And then it was, you know, you heard the Emperor speak. Okay. <sighs> All right, guys. Well, I need to yeah. I need to pull in my co-host. We could go, we could go on forever. No, this is a blast. Like, l- listen, anytime you got an open invite, next time you want to talk product or just Star Wars, I- I'd love to have you back. I mean, it- this was a fun conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed your time here, but... I sure as hell appreciated all the stories you had to share, and we appreciate it. And um, we like, yeah, thank you, thank you for having us on. It was it was great talking to you. It was really fun. This was a, a great forum. Awesome. Any chance to talk Star Wars? We're always here for. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and let you go now, so you can get back to the kids and and dinners and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, but like I said, cool. awesome talking with you, Max and Tim. Thanks again. Don't forget everyone watching to check out the Micro Galaxy Squadron Waves series, whatever you want to call them. Target, Amazon, Walmarts, they're out there. Maybe one day on the digital retailers. 
Uh, but appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks again, everyone. May the force be with you. We'll we'll see you. All right, so that was fun. Let's see if I can get Nick in here. Uh, I know we got a bunch of people watching the show that don't typically do, so now we're going to get into what we usually do on a Tuesday, and that's kind of run through some Star Wars stuff. So let me uh, let me get my co-host in here. See if we can get some things started. Do want to thank everyone that joined in. That was, that was nice to have an active chat. Hey, there he is. We got Nick. Um, I'm probably gonna have to change something real quick, buddy, because I had to do some cartwheels to get Max and Tim in from Jazzwares. But uh, I just need to get your audio back, and then we'll be ready to rock here. Oh yeah, that that is sounding good. <laughs> Nick's coming oh, to no, us. The, Nick's the coming to us from a submarine. <laughs> This is fantastic. Um, all right, so that was cool. That was fun. Uh, definitely, they're, they're definitely some big-time fans. There's no doubt about that, Nick. Uh, I know we went a little longer than you thought. Glad you were waiting there in the wings for us, but uh, it, was, it was a good talk. I mean, we had over 100 people in here. The The chat was going quick, but now I'm sure they're all drop off that we're going to do our thing. Yeah. But hey, any of you new people, if you're if you're here, We'd love for you to stick around for the last, you know, hour, 20, hour, 15 of the show. Maybe you'll dig it. Maybe you won't. If anything, give us a like, comment, sub, do what you got to do. All right. Well, because that went long, I'm not going to go ahead and get in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. All I'll say is that it's damn good. Uh, It feels like a return to form for Marvel. It's one of the best out of uh, phases four and five. And James Gunn is my hero. He knows how to do a trilogy. So that's that. All right, so what we wanted to talk about today was a little bit of new Star Wars that came out last week, right? We had the Visions release, Young Jedi Adventures. We're not going to get into Young Jedi Adventures here because it truly is young. Um, It's a great show, (laughs) but it is it is totally meant for the little ones. I would have loved to had Jedi Adventures back when Charlie was, you know, two, three, four. But uh, these days, we, we, I even tried to throw it on last Thursday, Nick, and within five minutes, she's right on the Switch playing Super Mario Brothers 1. I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> whatever, dude, I'm out. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, I didn't even attempt to watch those because I knew that they were very kiddy. And, um, I mean, honestly, like just kind of rolling into Vision's talk, th- this also felt kind of kiddy. Uh, like I am like this in comparison to vision season one, this felt way more focused on like children's adventures and like making things for like, like a child parent kind of relationship seemed to be the crux of a lot of these stories, which doesn't necessarily make them bad or, or like anything like that. In fact, I thought that they were all really well made just wasn't as appealing to me as, as vision season one. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I, um, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, my general kind of assessment of season two was it did. I mean, it did felt, it did feel much more inclusive, you know what I mean? Like we got beyond just the, the, the Asian influence. I mean, you had the, 
you know, the bandits of Golak that was obviously heavily influenced from India and, and Bollywood and whatnot. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, there, yeah, you know, you're right. It was, it was mostly kids driving the narratives, right? That's, that's what you're saying. It wasn't as, yeah, as it, dark it was, or, or, or deep into the, the lore, if you will. Yeah. I think it was like a lot of like kid, like, like family oriented stories, like kids with their siblings, kids with their parents, um, which is like great because that's what Star Wars is built for. Like from George Lucas's own mouth, he's like Star Wars is built for kids. It's about family. And I think that like this season of visions heavily leaned into that. Um, And while there were like, to me, there was like a definitive kind of, top five and then there like in my opinion there was like just a definitive bottom four i mean you could i could say that like there's like the first four are like for me above and beyond all the rest of them and then like the bottom five are just like to me just not appealing but there was like a very clear divide of like after these I could list the other ones in whatever order because I like they just didn't yeah, have that same level you're of appeal right. to me. I mean, it, it, when I was doing the rank, which we're going to talk about here, we'll go through our our nine through one, and we'll see if we align or not. I'm I'm sure we'll be off on a few, but it, there was I, I kind of my top two became the top two because they're the ones that I identified that did move me emotionally in some capacity. Uh, so that's that's why they made it to the two. But I, I, I feel like the top five, definitely there's arguments to be made that you could have interchanged either one. But the two I went with and we'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, were because I actually felt something watching them where others. I'm not going to lie. It was Star Wars, but some of them I'm like, OK, let's get going here. Let, let, let's get to something. Give me something to, to chew on to dig into because uh they were kind of slow but in the end i still like this experiment i i thoroughly love seeing how other creatives put their spin on star wars using what has come before them i like that it is not tied into canon so you can kind of do things a little more um creatively i guess Uh, you don't have those constraints and i think that's why you get some of the the types of narratives that vision season one and two have given us and it does sound like season three is is a done deal so this this is a thing these days uh but overall like listen i i think season two was was still pretty solid um there wasn't anything that i would consider garbage amongst the the nine episodes um, but I, I do feel like Nick and most of the community reacted the same way. There has not been a big buzz around season two like there was after season one released. Yeah, I, I think that some of it is probably due to the fact that like people like season one was like all Japanese based animation studios and a lot of the studios like people could recognize their work from other popular anime shows and stuff like that so and and i think with this particular season um having more of like a having less of like an asian influence in the in the animation studios and less um like less focus on like the traditional anime style of like of cartoon and animation i feel like that probably you know, is why people had a little bit less interest. I also think that like 
Star Wars, like by admission of George Lucas, was like very heavily influenced by like Japanese and like Eastern cultures. And like this is a little bit further away from that. So like when you saw Vision season one and it was all Japanese animation studios, you felt like the soul of Star Wars there. And I'm and like there's definitely the soul of Star Wars still within these particular pieces of animation but i just don't like for me personally only like four of them really felt like oh wow these are cool and i would watch them again got you um yeah yeah i mean one so, i only marked yeah, we'll when we get to it one of them to me felt very star wars the other ones were star wars adjacent but i yeah i, I kind of again i i dig the different perspectives i I mean, the Bandits of Golak, spoiler, was my number two. And, and that's the one with the, the Indian boy and Indian girl that, that had the force yeah. and the little that's twisty my end. Third one. Yeah, I just so I, that one. That one to me was just like, oh, they. It, it was like the same exact animation style as like Clone Wars and, and like Rebels and, and stuff like that, even like Bad Batch. Right. So it was very familiar in terms of its visuals, and I think the story told was was pretty good too. A lot of the, like a lot of these stories have the same theme, and I feel like the theme is like you are more powerful than you think you are, especially like aimed at the little kids. Because there was a lot, of, there was a ton, like more than half of these things were like kids finding out in some way, shape, or form that they have force powers. Yep. And, and, and the like, balance between light and dark and how you can't yeah. really be one or the other. You know? Yeah, so like that, like the general themes are in line with like Star Wars. I think that they they were like, they did a really good job of like translating that into like their... Uh, personal stories and, and stuff like that from each of these animation studios. But yeah, like general impression is that season one for me is just like a much stronger batch than season yeah, I, two I, was. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with that. But I, I also didn't have a bad time with, with season two and I'm, I'm down for more. So let's go ahead and get into the episodes ranking or episodes ranked, however you want to say it. Um, uh, Nick, I remember last time I just kind of read my nine and then we figured out where you had it and then you read your eight or something like that. So we'll, we'll yeah, kind of we do it the same way. So with that. All right. If you're on the stream, you'll be looking at, at my ranking because I threw it up on the site. So we had some sort of visual aid for this segment. But like I said, Nick will will chime in. So for me, Nick, number nine was the pit. Uh, the, the, the pit was the one where they literally the empire takes these people, makes them dig a massive hole and then leaves them in it until the civilized folk hear their song and come and save them. And this one was nine for me. I mean, it, it definitely had that anime visual style that a lot of these episodes did not. But I just found it its pacing was way too slow, uh, which wasn't helped by not having a ton of, of dialogue. But, you know, it did it did have a, a good message. But overall, it just this one was a slog for me. The pit. Yeah, this one was my eight. So we're pretty close. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, I think the only reason I put this as an eight is because I enjoyed the visual style. Like I enjoyed a little bit more of like a traditional like yeah. the trooper design looked style. rad as hell. The troopers yeah. look great. Yeah, that looked really cool. I like the, I, I guess I like the overall story to me wasn't that bad because it was like, okay, like this is what the Empire does to people. 
Like if, if, if you are, you know, uh, new to Star Wars, if you are unfamiliar with how the Empire treats people, this is what they do. They use them for slave labor and then they abandon them to die. And, and I feel like that was that was very well yeah. communicated in that in that uh, particular I, I agree. Short. It just took so. I, for some reason the, the opening man, it just crawled. It was like, all right, yeah. let's fucking get to something. And finally, when dude leaves the hall say- and something happens. I will say that for most of these, I identified pretty quickly, like, I don't really need to pay that much attention. So I just started doing other <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, so the pit got multitasked. So what was your number nine then? What's your personal nine? My So, like, we're, my nine is I'm your mother. Basically, like, seven, eight, nine for you or seven, eight, nine for okay. me, except right. in different orders. Go ahead. I'm your mother. I barely watched that. Like, I saw that come up. I was like, I don't like, like... The style of animation is impressive and like it has like this almost like claymation feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like claymation kind of feel to it, which is really cool. I just had no interest in this story at all. It was literally like this was one of the ones that was like, it is a Star Wars story because you put them in Star Wars ships, but this is just like a very general, like, I, you know, your mom can be cool too, story. And I thought yeah, that this was. Just, I'm like, with you on that one. I mean, obviously, for oh, excuse me, for someone that's into like Easter eggs and references, this episode was the best in terms of just little nuanced shit. Like if you just look around, Nick, every scene there was an egg. I mean, even even the race when the the bad people they shoot up their little antenna. It's got a little Death Star on it. It's shooting the Death Star beams at people. But I I was with you when I was watching it it didn't really pull me in it visually it looked great i love the stuff they were doing with wedge i loved all the easter eggs and really the, the the message of you know teen embarrassment around their parents is is always nice to hear and see especially if you're a parent yourself but i'm with you it was um it just it did not suck me in whatsoever so i am your mother was my seven um so yeah. the pit was your eight so my eight yep. was owl's song yeah, that was my seven. Um, go ahead, you you start on yeah, out here. Yeah, so like my my thoughts on this one is I thought that this was a very unique animation style. I, I, I enjoyed it. 100%. it. It reminded me of what's that game? Uh, Unraveled. Yeah, with Yarny. Like Unraveled. Yeah, yeah. Or even uh, like Sackboy. Even, uh, what, what's yeah, Sackboy's game? Little Big Planet stuff like that. If you played Sackboy. those, I thought that this was really interesting. I also liked how. Um, Ayo in the beginning is like a non-verbal character and then like you get like there's a little bit of lore in there about like kyber crystal lore and how these people are like exit like I, I enjoyed the story around the kyber crystals and how these people are trying to reclaim all of these like uh corrupted kyber crystals from influence of the of, of dark side force users and there's this one jedi who is essentially like trying to restore them to their glory and then like um again like it's a it's a little kid's story because i was like trying to follow her father and stuff like that and um the only reason basically like the reason that i had this above the pit and i'm your mother is i enjoy the animation style more and i thought that the story being centered around kyber crystals and, and like reclaiming them was very interesting when compared to the pit and i am your mother i just felt like that one had like the 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 most Star Wars esque, like like rooted in the in the 
universe itself story so that's why that was like the top of my bottom three i guess you would yeah say. see al's song for me it, i don't know maybe i'm demented it was just it was too cute artsy fartsy like i never really felt <laughs> like there was any stakes to the episode you know i mean even even when she did sneak off and, and get into the mine i'm like eh, it's there's nothing bad happening here. There's no reason to be upset or worried. And I don't know. It just, it, it didn't, it didn't pull me in. It didn't latch in my emotions, but I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it, it, it was the most unique looking visually. And it, like I said, it was artsy farty. It was high art to me. I mean, it was, it was very well done. I just, it was almost too soft for me, I guess. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely like, when I got to it, because this was like towards the end of the run, if you're watching yeah, it totally. like in order. I think it's the last one like, in, in the list. Yeah, I was like, man, like I got to this and I was like, OK, like I'm I'm interested because of the kyber crystal angle. And I think that in terms of just like a visual style to this show, I feel like this one has the most unique visual style, maybe next to like one other one. Um, but I was like at this point, I was like. Man, this one really, like, this season really didn't pull me in as much as the last one, and I was, like, half paying attention. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the bottom three for me, I, I'm glad that we're aligned on that bottom three. I think we're going to start to get, like, out of order okay. pretty quickly here. So, at six, then, I had the Spy Dancer, so I'll go on that. Yeah. And See, I, 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 again, listen, I liked all these, all right? The, 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 this ranking doesn't mean nine was a piece of shit and it made me throw up. It just, you know, I preferred some over the others. And Spy Dancer takes my sixth spot. And I, I really like this one for its, its twist. The whole, you know, they gave you a little backstory through the flashbacks. You understand this, this lady's anger towards the Empire. You understand why she's doing what she's doing. You even understand why she breaks script and she's getting ready to stab that commander dead until she realizes it's her boy. So I, I really love the the twist and the different the different perspective on how the rebellion could work against the Empire. I really like that this community or planet city set up an entertainment district, a theater to do their rebellion activity to, to gain Intel on the empire. So it was a, it was an interesting uh, story of, of rebellion. And I also liked the twist, but without that twist, I, I think this one would have been pretty flat. Yeah. I mean, for me, this was two like, and it was a pretty, like uh, it was pretty close between my top three this one being too is I, I I love the story. Um, I also really like even though the visual style of this one is definitely not as like uh, it was super two D like it was it was almost old yeah. school like old school yeah. early early Disney's animation like cell stuff exactly. And I really enjoyed that especially for how they used it with like the flourishes of the dress and how essentially like. For a while, I was like, this woman has to be like some sort of latent force user. Like she's like, she is so uh, eloquent in her movement. She can use like, it's almost like her garb was just like an extension. Oh, of yeah, her yeah, body. yeah. Um, I loved the, uh, I, I, I like this one in like, as soon as I saw this and I was like, this is going to be my one or two for sure. Um, and, it, and it ended up being it after I watched the whole thing. The story I thought was fantastic. 
um, having that twist at the end with with her son being the one, like being the commander that she was essentially trying to assassinate at some point. Um, I like the subtleties of like how she's like tossing these tracking beacons and oh, how she yeah. uses <laughs> the motions of her dance. She even got one like, on, just, on this thing she gave to her son. You like yeah, the, her closing exactly. line is like, "He will always be with me now" or something like that. So yeah, so like I thought that just from a from a storytelling perspective, I thought it was it was really well done. Um, because one thing that we always talk about, even on this show, um, you know, week to week is like, we like to see like stormtroopers and Imperial stuff like that on their day off. Like, what are they doing? You got it right now. They take their helmets off and and go watch a show, but keep their armor on. They keep their armor on, but they they go watch a show. But I think that this was like a really good slice of that, that side of things that we never really get to see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, this was definitely in my top two because I just enjoyed right. everything about it, even though the animation wasn't like, you know, detailed, I thought it was used. Fair enough. We're, we're, well. we're oceans apart on that one. So I'll move to my five. And when we get to my two, I'll talk five. I had screechers reach and, you know, you know, like, like you said, to start really the top five could be jumbled around interchanged in my opinion. I really enjoyed it. Screechers Reach, the reason it's at five for me, though, is, again, it had a a slow start. It it was starting to lose me for a bit until they get to the cave and you get the witch and then you start to realize, like, okay, I kind of see what's going on. And then you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This was a Sith guiding this little kid the whole time. This has nothing to do with the Jedi. This is a very interesting way to show how the Sith can ensnare the innocent and, and make them take the choice or make the, the, the easy choice. Cause that, that's really what this episode was about. I mean, it was, it, it showed us how people like Anakin, uh, Count Dooku can be influenced by the dark side without even knowing it. And then when the choice is presented to them, they take the easy way out, which is to fully succumb to the dark side like our, our little lady friend here. So, but Nick there, again, the reason it's a five for me, it, it, the the opening was just a bit too slow. It, it, it didn't suck me in right away. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is my five as well. Hey, look so at that. we're aligned on this one. Um, I, I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the, the twist at the end with the, with the Sith. But yeah, I mean like, to me, this and my six are kind of close. Um, it, it was. It was just so slow. I was like, where is this going? Like, what's this screaming shit what happening? Was your, like, what was your six? My six is your one. Okay. And, like, All it's right. not even. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we got a while to go yeah, for that. We'll, we'll, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this one was okay. It, like, that's how I'll put it. Like, it was okay. The animation style was uh nothing special for me it's stuff that i've seen in like um like you know cartoon network type of shows the twist at the end with the sith was awesome um but honestly like up until uh the moment where this like the main character kind of like stays in the cave when the other ones leave i was like just get to the point i was like get to where we're going here like we got we got yeah 14 minutes <laughs> like uh, yeah, the, the, pace, the pacing was off like I, I think the, the idea was good the narrative was good 
it just it was it was paced too unevenly there were like i said the beginning doesn't really suck in then you get to this cave and you're like okay all right and next right then it just gets all dark and you're going okay well now what and then eventually she she murders the old the old crone in there um, but yeah, there you go. Five and five. How about that? The SWTS yeah, aligned. bros aligned on that one. Aligned on one. <laughs> but yeah. I, I love that my, my one is your six and my, my two is your five. I love that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my number four then, Nick, is Journey to the Darkhead. And, and this was the one that A, was the most anime inspired to me, as in true true to form yeah. anime the angst the, the emo characters the just the the over hypeness of everything you know the crazy eyes ah, you know it, it was anime with a capital a or manga with a capital m i forget what the difference is isn't one manga is the book there you yeah. go there you go there you go so i'm, I'm sure um, i'll get killed here but uh, it um it, it also, to me, Nick, felt the most Star Wars-y. You know what I mean? Like, it, it had, to me, the most true to Star Wars tale. We were legitimately dealing with, uh, you know, Jedi and, and Sith and, and the concepts that make up those two sides of the Force. I loved getting the insights into these these you know, the little girl that grew into the bigger girl, whatever the fuck they were doing in that temple with the stones, the archivers. It, it You know, it was... It looked great. It had a great, uh, you know, take on the balance between light and dark and how you can't just have one or the other. They're, they are always going to be there rivaling each other. But but like I said, it, the journey to the dark head was the most Star Wars like. And to me, Nick, it felt most like Vision season one. Yeah, this is my one. Um, and, and really, for all the reasons that you named, I think it had the best action scene um, the fight between the kid Jedi who was sent there. I mean, like what's, what's crazy to me is like, the, it seems like the Jedi sent this kid here to die. Like, you know, th- well, we, there's we know no the way. Jedi aren't the best at managing the <laughs> order. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like the Jedi almost sent this kid here to die. I love the visual style, obviously, because it's a, it harkens back to a little bit more, of the the vision season one you were saying a little bit more traditional anime style um i like the story that was being told too one of the themes that we mentioned kind of right up front was the balance like realizing that that balance is not just light in the world that that it is a true balance between light and dark in this story of like you know, hey, if we if we cut the head off of the dark statue of the dark side statue, then we can end things. And then both of your protagonists coming to realize that, like, you can't eat, you can't get rid of darkness. Darkness is just a part of the fabric of reality, and you have to learn how to balance those two things. I thought the fight between the kid and the Sith, who who essentially, from what we could tell in the story or in in the episode, was like. This mass, this Sith master had been like pulling this kid towards the dark side for a while. Well, yeah, because they had that um, initial, not really, it wasn't a duel because he just kicked his ass, but the, the kid was with his master. His master died at the hands of the Sith master. Yep. And the Sith master was like, hey, you need to come with me, stab them a little bit. And so that they, they definitely had a, a history yeah, together. But, history. but like you said, it does seem that the master kind of marked this Jedi and was keeping a close eye. Yeah. So, I, I mean, to me, th- this was like head and shoulders above the rest. Gotcha. To me, like this, this wasn't even close. 
Um, I would have, I would have liked to see three more episodes of this. Like, give me some, give me some backstory. Give me like, what is this place? What's the two heads? Like, where is this? Yeah. What is this? Influence? I, I feel you and, there. Like, it's like that, yeah. that I forget the name of the episode from season one, but remember there, there was one episode in particular that felt like a mini movie, if not a start to a trilogy to where at the end of it, you're like, yeah, I want to yeah. see the next one and the next one and the next one. I want to see where this shit goes, right? It's where they were all trying to come there and get the lightsabers working again. And a bunch of Sith showed up trying to... Yeah. Either way, I'm with you. Um, but it, it wasn't my number one, so... Uh, no big deal, right? They're just opinions. We all got one just like assholes and they usually stink. So moving on to my number three, I went with (laughs) Sith and I'll be honest here. I got caught up in the, in the visuals. It's fucking wild, man. I mean, it's like up there with into the spider verse type of zaniness when it comes to not having a defined animation style it it was all it was everywhere. It was like watercolor, just pure sketches and it felt like CG, but it's presentation sucked me in early, kept me engaged. I wouldn't say it had the best story. It was similar to some of the others, you know, Hey, light and dark. It was kind of cool that she was a former Sith rebranded as something different, going with that yellow orange lightsaber, teaching her old master a lesson. But really I, I think Sith is up there purely for the visual insanity that it presented. Yeah, so this is my four, so we're pretty close on this one. Um, I I enjoyed the visual style. I think it took, again, like with a lot of these, it's just like there's a lot of drag in the beginning. And like I, like when I first started watching it, I was like, I don't really enjoy the, how do I put this? I, I don't really like the uh the style that's out there like i don't really like the uh like the the ton of white space that had like no definition to where you were because it was just yeah, hard it was like for she me was on a sketch pad at on. one point <laughs> yeah and i was like okay well i'm not a huge fan of this we'll see where it goes essentially um and yeah i mean i i was really kind of waiting uh, for it to like pick up and, and, and see like where it was going to move. And then once it kind of did get into like the story of the Sith and, and everything like that, I was, I was more of a fan of it. Um, but overall I did think that like the, the visual style was fun. The fight at the end with the, with like the Sith that are like trying to pull her back into the fray. I thought that was fun as well. Oh, he was, he was cool um, looking too. I mean, if, if anything, yeah. they, they, they created some badass looking Sith in star Wars vision too. I mean, the guy in uh, Darkhead, the dude in the bandits, this guy in Sith, all very unique looking, uh, dark side users, if you will, especially the inquisitor from Golak, which is, my number two, and and we kind of talked about this one earlier. I, dude, I I honestly think the disconnect between you and I has to do with the fact that I am a dad now, and it, <laughs> if it comes to like family based episodes where families have to kind of, you know, sacrifice or make the hard choices, it, it just resonates me it resonates with me more than it probably would have without becoming a a father. So. I just I enjoyed bandits again. It it 
it was Bollywood Star Wars. I mean, everything from the presentation to the action to the music. That's something I've never seen before. I dug it. I'd be down for more. It had a great twist with the, you know, the old lady being a dual wielding lightsaber Jedi badass. That was pretty great. But Nick, what, what did it for me? And again, this is where the old the old white guy dad stuff kicks in the, the old softy emotions. It's it's at the very end where the the brother who who knows what he was there to do, but the little one wasn't where the brother, you know, kind of says, yes, you need to. We need to essentially break up the last bit of our family to keep you safe and to ensure that you can maximize your potential as a force user. And it's that that family moment, that choice, that sacrifice on the part of the brother, the bandit. I was like, damn, that that kind of hits a little bit. I, I, I felt something there. So that's why I had this at two. OK, yeah, I mean, for me. Bandits of Golak was three, so we're pretty close on this one. I enjoyed the animation style. I enjoyed, like, I, I thought that this one was overall really strong. Like, the, the animation style, while very reminiscent of stuff that we've already seen, um, was was cool, obviously. The fight at the end between the uh, the Jedi, I think her name was Rugal, and then the Inquisitor, I thought was really well executed. Awesome. Yep. Um, I think that the story between the brother and the sister were great and her kind of, I mean, like, that's like kind of another theme too, was like, you know, a kid, kids going off to follow their own path. We saw it in Screechers Reach. We saw it in Aru. We see it in this one, uh, kind of like these kids doing their own thing and, and, and kind of making decisions and choices that will lead them along their own path. Um, I thought that that was really cool. Um, and I just thought that like the presentation of like where they were in the galaxy was also top notch and really well done. So another desert planet uh, for you, friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, they, with sand they, made it, they made it work. They made it work. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was impressed by this for sure. So here, here's where we have a large divide. And, and again, I'll explain. Uh, In the Stars is my number one for, for reasons. Uh, one, another unique mix of animation. Like the, the, the main story felt kind of, you know, CG, little little clay in there, a little slower frame rate it felt like at times. But then to me, Nick, I, I love the little ditty where the, the little girl did the the cave paintings if you will with that that magic dust and and I loved how then that became like a little animated backstory to explain that these people they seem to have a, a connection to the force at least this family the mother uh, identifies that she needs to go and and fight back against the empire that pisses off the older daughter mom dies so on and so forth uh, and then just you know the 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 little one kind of pushing the older her sister, like, come on, you know, this is what mom would have done. Let's, let's go. Let's fight back. I loved all that. And the, the older daughter pushing back, like, shut up, idiot. You know, mom was stupid. But then they gets the moment where they, they infiltrate the base. Shit goes sideways. They're about to get, get out. And then the little one's like, you know what? Fuck this. We need to fight back. And, you know, I know she's stupid and she could have gotten both killed, but it's that. And then the older sister finally, you know, kind of realizing like, you know what? She's right. We we can do this. Our mom was right. We can do this together. And then you have the 
you know, the hand moment where, where she too realizes she's got the force. And then they stand tall against the same ATST that killed their mother and the rest of the villagers. And working together, they take it out. I, I don't know what it is, man, but just seeing that family, knowing what happened to their mom, knowing the resistance of the older daughter who learned a lesson through the younger daughter, it, 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 it once again resonated with me emotionally like to the point where i was like yeah fuck yeah you guys did it you know and, and that's why it's number one i mean it just like, like i said be, as we were recapping the whole season my one and two are one and two solely because they were the ones that made me feel something outside of just i like star wars yeah i think for me this one was like i just got bored with it with like the like to me like screechers reaching in the stars like these are kind of like in the same area like i like it was too focused on the little kid and like because i don't have a kid i was just like okay yeah i get it like little yeah kids i'm telling you I, I know that's what it is and i'm not saying you're right or wrong i just <laughs> my my life stage right now and as bat's saying here in the chat it just nick anytime you see these little fuckers you instantly identify that that could be my kid one day. And, and what would my kid do if I was gone? That type of shit. So it gets, it gets a little heavy, non-Star Wars. That's what I said. It, it got me emotionally beyond just my fandom for Star Wars. And that's why it ended up here. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely is more like pointed to like people who are like, you know, parents and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought the visual style was good. I actually thought that the visual style on this one was a, was better than Screechers Reach, but like similar to the Aru one, it's like the little kid shit. Like to me, it just doesn't have that pull. Yeah, that's it's the like funny thing because you would think Au's song would be my thing. It's it's a dad and his daughter. That that is me and Charlie. But I, for some reason, zero emotional ties to that one. I was like, all right, this is too cutesy, artsy-fartsy, I'm moving on. I, in, the, in the stars, I think it provided the most direct allegory to real life, too. I mean, pollution, uh, you know, fascism, all that type of stuff. It, it was a direct, hey, look, if you do this, if you pollute, you cloud the sky, you can't see the stars, yada, yada, yada. So... It, it, it had a nice message, but there you go. Yeah. That's the SWTS Bros Star Wars Vision Season 2 Episode Rank segment. You know, outside of our, our ones, we were, I, I felt like we were pretty, pretty in close. line. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, our ones were the only ones that were a few slots away. So, not too bad. Not too bad. You're, do, you're doing all right, Nick. You're watching things <laughs> properly. Yeah. I, yeah, I, um, I'm interested to see what they do for season three. If they're going to do like another sort of like region of. Would you want continuations the, at this point? Because I was kind of wanting a continuation of the Ninth Jedi from season one. Thanks to Bat for telling me the name of that episode. I I really would like to see some continuations, like, like, like I dark head or, or stuff like that. Yeah, like I wish that they would use this as almost like a like a pitch method where it's like, hey. You know, we we're gonna give all of these different animation studios a chance to really tell their Star Wars story in their way, and then we'll pick one or two per season to like, hey, like we're gonna give you eight episodes to tell this story more fleshed out. 
And I, 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 like, I think that that would be really interesting and like really turn it into a way of like finding new creators and, and not relying solely on like, cause right now, Star Wars animation has been essentially the same for two decades. Like it's, it, it hasn't changed much. Like the, the, of course the visuals have gotten better, but like the animation style yeah, is the style same. wise. It's, it's stayed yeah. pretty much at rebels at this point. Like yeah. that, that's the and model. Like, you know, the, the, the stories that are being told are all kind of like chronologically following along through, uh, you know, where particular, you know, eras left off and where time periods left off. But I really would like to see like something like the ninth Jedi, something like, um, you know, journey to the dark hat and, and just like expand on that. Like, tell me a story that I haven't heard before, you know? Um, because I feel like that is what's going to draw people in. Like if you, if you want to attract a new type of audience to star Wars, you're not going to attract a new, you're not going to attract it based off of like, Hey, look, we're making bad batch season three. And they're like, well, what's that about? It's like, well, it's the time between these two movies. It's like, yeah, but like, what, like who cares? Like you're telling me like this show is purely about like, you know, only stuff that like super hardcore fans would even remotely care about. Like if you introduce like a, like a completely separated story that is presented in a new visual style and that's presented in uh, like a way that appeals to people outside of the traditional star Wars animation style, then you will kind of pull in a new audience, get them interested in, and see if you can translate that interest to other star Wars properties. Cause right now I think the biggest problem for star Wars is attracting new people. Um, I think the Mandalorian did that. And then I think that everything after the Mandalorian has not done that. I don't think that there's, there's been a real big no. point of yeah, attraction no. for new audience. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's just, it's kind of how it's been generationally. It, it, you almost need a trilogy to bring in the next generation of fans. You had the OT, the C, uh, the prequels and then the sequels. Uh, so yeah. Hey, guess guess we'll see uh, next year. But it, like I said, it, it is an official announcement, which means they're already working on it. So you should expect Visions S3 <laughs> in 2024. All right, we got a few low hanging fruit here. You'll you'll like this one. Just and, and the only reason I'm talking about Nick is just to remind everyone. Like, you just please media literacy. Ask me first before you get excited. But this was all over the internet last week. Empire ran it as an exclusive, Nick. And the exclusive they had comes from Tony Gilroy about Andor season two, that the last three episodes will tell the last three days before Rogue One. And the reason I'm, I'm even talking about this is because, hello, people, right here in our article, you can click on a link that goes back to, I think, November of 2022. He says the like, exact same fucking thing. The exact yeah, same thing. He said that. Right here. They're like, you know, I know he has it here. Uh, the last yeah the last one will be the last i don't know what it is three four days before the beginning of rogue one it's like what the fuck dude i'm telling you empire exclusive it's it's on reddit it's getting upvoted it, i think it was in our discord and i'm just i'm going now i'm compelled to 
to post this just because the rest of the world thinks this is news when literally if you're paying attention to the SWTS months ago, we told you this is what Tony said. It's his plan. That's what it's always been. He's literally going to have Cassian walking up to go on to the mission to go meet Tivik on the Rings of Caffeine. I mean, it's like, hello. Okay, it's covered. People, yeah, come on, I, man. I mean, just titles and yeah, exclusives. Everyone's like, oh, my God, do you believe this shit? <sighs> it's like, bro, he, like, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than, like, he said that right. multiple times. But somehow, somehow it's an exclusive five months later on, on Empire. So there you go, people. This is what you get when, when Star Wars news slows down. Somehow you can just make up exclusive based on things that were said months ago to other outlets. So uh, just in case you forgot and or season two, the last three episodes are going to walk us right up to rogue one. <gasps> oh yeah, my God. What a reveal. Yeah. <laughs> um, Assholes. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely talked about at length. It's a just, while it's ago, like, so I mean, like, people whatever. just humans these days, for some reason, can't retain information. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm really not a skilled individual. I just, if I read something, I typically remember it and can recall it, except when it comes to computer science. All right. So this next one, Nick, we spend a few minutes because I, I want to get kind of your idea on, on what Dave could be talking about here. So Filoni sat down, talked to Empire again. They're getting all the crazy exclusives these days. And, uh, you know, he was they were asking about his movie, the Mandoverse movie. What, what, what could it be about? And here's what he said. And then I'll, I'll kind of ask you a a question to kind of think or gauge what you think his defining moment may be. All right. So again, Empire's asking Dave if his film would be a culmination of the events featured in the Mandoverse series. So Mando, Book of Boba, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew. And here's what Dave had to say. Culmination is an interesting word. The way I look at it, there are small stories. And then there's the big story of the day too. A New Hope. Empire and Return of the Jedi tell the important parts of the tale that really define the history of the period. There are all kinds of sub-stories underneath that. We've been building all these small stories. To me, a theatrical experience has to have a big idea, a monumental moment in the time period that changes what's happening. What Tony has done in Andor and what we did in Rebels, everything then changes when Luke blows up the Death Star. You're looking for those moments that define an era, and that's what the films really should be about, whether it's characters coming together or a defining moment. So obviously, Nick, they pressed him on what 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 is this defining moment you're thinking of in your film? And clearly he said nothing. He's like, hey, there are little things along the way that I built across different mediums, all in preparation for things that come later. So for me, the point of talking about this, what does young Nick think Dave could be cooking up for an era defining moment set during the Mandoverse? What 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 is that? I mean, to me, it's it it has to focus around Thrawn and it has to be like getting like his his downfall like his okay. his fall That's where I'm at. towards yeah like towards the end of this era and then I mean because in my mind it, it goes you know fall of the empire official return of the Jedi yep 
And then we know that there's gotta be some, like now based off of how they've built the Mandoverse, there has to be something that happens between now and the rise, like the true rise of the New Republic, and then the rise of the First Order. Right, because uh, so everyone's got to remember that the, 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 um, the New Republic does not technically fall until Starkiller Base blows it the fuck out of the galaxy. All right? Yeah. The New Republic is still existing by the beginning of The Force Awakens. So, yeah, I mean, the, so we're not going to, as Nick is saying, this Dave's defining moment is not going to be the fall of the new, new Republic. As no. Nick said, I think it's going to be the fall of Thrawn, the death of Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, like it, it's going to be pretty similar to Endgame. Let's be honest. Like, right. It's going to be all these forces coming together to take out one big bad guy. Yeah, and and we're not talking, we're not talking Thrawn's arrival, right? We're talking Thrawn's been here. He's been featured in yeah. some of the shows, but in the movie, the defining moment is going to be the final showdown. Yeah. Like the showdown between all of these, like all of your allied forces that come together with, you know, Din uh, and Grogu and who they're pulling in and then the Mandalorians and then the rebels, you know, Ahsoka Ahsoka, and her, yep, yep. you know, all of them, all of them. So it's be all of them. Perhaps, maybe, maybe they fucking throw uh, Cameron Monaghan in there. I'm, and I'm get, hoping and he get dies by the end it. of Jedi survivor. I still haven't beat it yet, but I, I, I still I, haven't bought it. Yet, so. well, I, uh, I reduced, I reduced as like, fuck this shit. I, I mean, the combat is so atrocious. I, I reduced to Padawan, uh, our boy, Sir Dork, Nick, he, he hit one of the game ending bugs. So yay, yay oh, for no. Jedi survivor. Yeah, I mean, I, I just saw all of the the stuff around it. Like, I saw all of, like, the, there's really bad bugs. There's really bad performance issues. There's really, and I was like, why the fuck would I play this game right yeah, now? Just wait, wait for a few uh, more patches. The story, the thing is, though, the story is cool because they're looping in the High Republic and, and talking some stuff you typically wouldn't get during Cal's era. So I can't completely say the game is is not great it is it's just until they change the combat i'm never going to embrace this franchise like like some super fans of it it's just that yeah it, it makes no sense anyways yeah back to dave uh, all right so that yeah it, it's got to be the death of Thrawn because what else major you know yeah. era defining moment could happen it's not going to be the the rise of the first order we we kind of see some of that in star wars resistance and then into TFA. So I, I, the only thing I can think of, unless you can dig up some legend shit, um, would be, it would be the fall of Thrawn and, and maybe the, the, yeah. the true end to the, the remnant, if you will. But I yeah, guess like the, the, the remnant, Empire I guess technically like that never ends. Cause Palpatine hangs on and the first order, yeah. then it's the final order and fuck my face. Somehow he's returned. Yeah. I, I in, in this instance, I think it has to be... It, I mean, one, Thrawn is going to have a massive fleet. Regardless of how he gets it, like, he's going to have, like, a, a, a fleet that can literally, like, overpower the individual pieces. Like, it, he's going to have a fleet so large that, like, Mandalorians on their own aren't going to be able to take Correct. him out. You know, Phoenix Squadron on their own, Correct. even with the return of Ezra, if that happens, ain't going to be able to take him out. So it's going to be this this whole moment of, like, everybody's got to coalesce. Everybody's got to come together. New Republic, Mandalorians, Phoenix, like, all of these disparate pieces have to, like, put themselves together and say, like, hey, we have a common cause, and the common cause is take the out this guy. guy. Yeah, get the blue guy yeah. dead. 
Like how much how um, much damage does he wreak on the galaxy before this moment, you think? I mean like does he get close like, to Coruscant and, and hold it under siege or do they they keep him in the mid or outer rim? I mean, because, well, here's the thing is we know that the New Republic is based off of the Hosnian system. Well, no, no. Well, according to Mando season three now, they're still on Coruscant, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, by the time that we get to, like, the sequel trilogy, they're on the Hosnian system. Right. That has to happen for some uh, reason. So you, like, think, not just you, be think, like, you think maybe Thrawn is the impetus for that? It could be. I mean, like whether it be like they they literally just shell the fuck out of course. How fucking crazy would like that be, dude? Planet. How like, crazy would that be if they if they the end of Coruscant? How fucking wild would that be? I mean, I don't that, think it's gonna happen because because like uh, I mean, do they mention Coruscant in the sequels at all? I don't think so. Um, Man, I mean, that would be maybe. fucking wild. Like if if Coruscant just got so fucked that literally they had to move. Yeah, I mean. And I think that that like you need something like that. Like you can't just have this guy show up and he's like, oh shit, he's got a bunch of ships. We have to fight him. Like he has to do something that is like, okay, this dude can like is on the level of what the empire could do. Like this guy can fucking take out a planet. This guy can literally lay waste to and probably and more it, efficiently because he's Thrawn and not one yeah. of the, the power hungry idiots. Yeah, you know, like, it's like, this is not like a Death Star level thing where it's like, okay, well, if we blow up the one Death Star, then it's over. Like, we got it. Like, this guy is going to, like, and, and I think that you really, like, in, in this instance, I really do think that you need to involve Timothy Zahn early. Like, you need to get him involved. If this is the story that you're going for, is like, hey, we're, we're going to tell this story about, like, Thrawn actually showing up. Yeah. And, and, and I think they are, up. man. They've lifted enough from his stuff already. I mean, Palion is 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 a Zahn character. Yeah. So like, you need to involve him because he has that know how. He knows how Thrawn would do things, and he like essentially the military tactician that Thrawn is is Timothy Zahn because yeah. he thought of all this right. shit. And like, you need to have him come into the galaxy and not be like a one shot wonder where it's like. He, he blasted this one thing, we all go after him, and then we take him out easy. Like, in my mind, Thrawn comes into this galaxy, and he has, like, a, he, like, starts to wrest power. Yeah, like, he yeah. has, like, sections of this galaxy that he is in full control of. Does he of. take out any named characters? I mean, I would hope so. I, I Like, I really do hope so, because that... There are questions about like where this person is in the sequel to where where's the, where are all these people? Like I can see him being able to, you know, take out a large swath of Mandalorians. Like if if I'm Thrawn, the first people I'm going after are the Mandalorians. Not even a question. Like these are the well, yeah, the yeah. Because I mean, Jedi Jedi faction. still aren't a factor, right? It's it's fucking Luke and yeah. Ahsoka and, and Ezra somewhere. And he knows by this point that the New Republic is demilitarizing. So he's like, why would I even go after them? Like, like I'll, I'll deal with them later. They don't even have anything to come after right. me with. So, like, if I'm him, I'm like, they re they just retook Mandalore. I'm going right there. I'm, I'm fucking – and I'm not just glassing the planet. 
I'm killing every Mandalorian that I can see. Yeah, you just you like, call up you call up Exegol and be like, "Hey, Sheev, I know you got a few more decades, but can I borrow <laughs> those star destroyers with Death Star lasers on them, real quick?" Yeah, I mean, it's it's a like to me, that's the move, and like you really have to make it feel like if we don't do something soon, he could take over the whole galaxy. All right. Because if it's like if it's like a Moth Gideon thing where it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's like he's like a threat, but like is he really like is he really that much of a threat? No. Like yeah, like fifteen people took care of of, of like Gideon's like big plot and now he's like now he's kind of like yep. thrown to the side. Fifteen and he's got to mandos in a crashing light cruiser. That that's all it took. Yeah, to like take that, him that's out. it. That's all it took. <laughs> so like I, they really need to make it seem like like Thrawn is a galaxy-wide yeah. threat. All right, so, so sticking with this, I like this question from Nova Toymation. Do you think Ahsoka dies in the movie? In Tross, we hear her, vo- her voice like she's already one with the Force. I know, and like this goes back to, to the Dave thing. Um, Dave being like, oh, well, um, just because you heard her voice doesn't mean she's dead. It's like, okay, yeah, well, whatever, That's his sure, baby, man. That's like his, his toy. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about killing her off. And, like, maybe at that time, like, he was, you know, maybe at that time he was, like, not not convinced that she needs to die. I do think that there would be valid... Like, one, I think Ezra is toast. Even if he's not toast already, I think he should die. Um, yeah, why not? He's, he's been he, off the map for many, many years anyways. Yeah. It's like, they don't need him. Like you, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you bring him back in, and you're like, you get the hype of bringing him back in, but also, like, what what better way for him to go out than in, like, the ultimate battle to, like, take down yeah, his Just, just his like his master enemy. did. It, it would be that, 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 you know, the symbiotic nature of Star Wars, the parallels, right? You know, the, it yeah. always repeats itself. So Ezra... He already did try to sacrifice himself, and he he technically did, just not to the death. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, I could see that. All right, um, Ahsoka, I could see going out too because like we have to we have to figure out like what what characters hold use beyond this, or like what characters do you need to keep around beyond this? And the answer is none of them. So technically, you could kill every every main character in the Mando. <laughs> the death of the Mandoverse, really, Dave Filoni, coming and, to theaters summer twenty twenty six. Because like truly, it wouldn't matter. You're like, right, and, and you know we of, always ask this stuff. Is like, yo, if you've got these forces out there, like a like a Yoda or a Bo-Katan or a Din, they might have been a little bit older. Definitely not Din Grogu. What, what the fuck are they doing? Do they wait till Lando yeah. goes around and they show up in that f- cluster fuck flotilla of ships or what? Like, what, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's and like, that's the situation. Like, that's the hard part about like writing your beginning and your end <laughs> what before if, your middle. What, what if the opening of like, whenever Thrawn makes it back to the known galaxy, it's just like a real quick, cheap scene where he's flying by Mandalore and you just see like this big laser just blow it up. He's like, all right, we got that done. Moving on to the next planet. It's like just taking care yeah, of I mean, like, story points. We don't have to worry about Bo-Katan, the armor, none of them. Oh, yeah. Din and Din Grogu are on the planet too. They're all gone. I, I, I mean, go for it. Because like to <laughs> me, rolling in like, all right, they're, they're take that all one out. Cannon fire. Take that one out. Like they're all cannon fire. Unless they choose to like, 
do like extend the character life cycles for these guys. And the thing is, is like for some of them, you can't. You just run up against like time. Bo would be pushing time. 80, I believe, if she made it yeah. to the sequels. Yeah, Bo would be old. I mean, Din would probably be in his mid 60s. Like oh, easy. I mean, I think we placed him and Boba in their early 40s, late 30s. Yeah. So add another 30 so like, years of that. Yeah, they're pushing 70. Oh, yeah, he's in his 70s. Easy. So, like, these guys, Bo, like, these people aren't. Bo, like, let's get the wheelchairs like, motorized up. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. So, like in my head, like take out as many of them as you can because they're not going to be around for you to use them in the sequel right. trilogy timeline, unless you just want to say like, okay, well we took out Thrawn, and then we're going to tell stories with these characters after that time period is over, and like ride them off into the sunset in some way before you get to the true sequel timeline, but like. In my opinion, Ahsoka's gotta die. Like, she has to. Unless somehow you fold her back into the Ray stuff as a living character. I don't know how you would do that at this point, but, like, if he was... If, if Filoni is truly that attached to, to that character, uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm, like, I'm with it, you, man. I, I'm pretty sure she, she's gotta be toast. It just yeah. it, it doesn't like, make a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, she is a character that has been active in rebellion since she left the Jedi Order. Yeah, why, I mean, why would what? she then just for? stop and allow yeah. allow you know Leia to get persecuted? Why why would she not get mixed up with the resistance? It just yeah. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like, for, for forty years, she's been in like, a freedom like, fighter, an active rebel, yeah. freedom fighter, and then like all of a sudden, like yeah, she's fuck gone. It, I'm done. Like, we, I helped you with Thrawn. It's time for me to retire. Fuck the rest of you. I'm out of here. Yeah, like I'm out. I'm, I'm yeah. taking a vacation. She's going to Neomos you know? to hang out with the ghost of Cassian. Yeah, and then like Mando's is another big question. Like I could see the storyline for Mando's going like. Well, they became isolationists again, and they really just don't want to fuck around with anybody. <laughs> like that's a possibility. Yeah. Is like they they like that's that's one way you could explain it. Is like well, you know, they're done dealing in the in the in the issues of the greater the, galaxy. Their focus they're focus on, on the on the horticulture of Mandalore and how they can grow the gardens again. They 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 can't fuck around with war games anymore. It's time to re yeah, rebuild so, the I mean, society. Yeah, so I mean, maybe that's the direction they choose to go with Mandos, which would would kind of make sense. Uh, Din and Grogu, you gotta like something has to be done about them as well, because there's no way that they don't try to help. Um, yeah, for yeah, them, know, for it's, them, I mean, it's tough for them. Grogu kind of has to witness Din die, right? I mean, it, it it's gonna happen regardless because of of the genetics of of the the green little people species and they can live hundreds and hundreds of years. And that, that's what master Luke yeah. was telling him. Like, listen, I, I know you like this din guy. I know you want to go back, but you gotta understand you are going to lose a lot of people in your life based on your, your, your genealogy. So yeah. you may want to, may want to take the Jedi creed instead where we kind of shun those types of bonds because you're just going to get your ass kicked emotionally over and over and over again throughout your yeah. 900 years of life. Um, Nova Toymation here saying, uh, or if Ahsoka dips into the unknown space, they're setting up. 
So like here, but it's the same problem. Like if Ahsoka, like it's it would still be Ahsoka just deciding like I'm done helping people. I've I've been doing and, it and, for and, and look how years. well everyone reacted to Luke Skywalker doing taking that stance in the Last Jedi. Yeah. That, that's like people wanted to slit their their wrists. They wanted to burn down Ryan Johnson's house because he portrayed Luke, someone they thought was always hopeful, a do gooder, as someone is like, you know what, I fucked up so bad, I I I'm done. Yeah, and I mean, like, even like to this point too, like she's been doing it way longer than Luke. She was doing it before Luke was alive. Yes. Like, you know, so like for like it was out of character for Luke. Um, you could say it would be really out of character for Ahsoka. Ahsoka not once, like even in the Mandoverse, is still hunting down right. like. Like Thrawn's like she freed she know, freed a town. I mean, she boom, freed boom, boom. Corvus from Morgan Elsbeth just just yeah, to do so it. Like, she's not just gonna dip out and be like, "This got a little too hairy for me," so I'm just gonna slide into the unknown regions, or I'm gonna like <laughs> take a trip through the uh, yeah, the, the like, world between shit, worlds. I hit like, sixty five. My pension kicks in. I'm out. Yeah. Send me my credits. Yeah, and I, and and to Grudas, I do believe have like an extended lifespan when you compare them to like humans and stuff like that. Sure, why not? Um, they definitely have better looking yeah. skin. Yeah, so like she's she's gonna be around longer. Like, and that's so like I think she has to die. I'll just put it like they, I don't know how else to explain. It. They can live ninety years, so like roughly a human lifespan, a little bit longer. Um. So, I mean, like, even to, like, to that point, I mean, she's probably getting towards the end of her, she's, like, in her middle age right now. Like, so, it's not like her sticking around is like, oh, I need to, like, I need to extend my life to the maximum. Like, I think she, she's she got to go. Yeah, because she's, she's a few years younger than Anakin, so she's gonna be, she's yeah. gonna be older than a little bit older than Din Djarin's and and the Boba Fett's of the world, maybe like five years older. Yeah, so she's Say, probably yeah, late, late, in her late forties, yeah. early fifties, yeah. somewhere around yep. there. Yeah, I don't know. I think she's got to go. I think Mon Mothma at some killer point, fucking she's, dead. She's Nyan she's like, dead. What? She's got to go. Tava dead. Go. Trapper Wolf and, dead. And, and hey, man. What will be interesting IG is who do you pull in? Who do you pull in from the OT? Like, do you do you go back to the well and do you pull in Luke? Do you pull in Han? Do you pull in Leia? Do you pull in all of these characters that would be there for a galactic extinction level event like this? Oh, that, that is, I mean, that is that is a good question because you are right. You, you would have to think. If if Thrawn returns, you would have to think the heroes of the rebellion would be somewhat engaged, right? Especially considering Leia is is the one already bitching in the New Republic Senate that we can't fully disarm, we can't do this so much so they kick her ass out. Yeah. Think about that. that. That one of the heroes of the rebellion, a true architect from Leia's perspective, the New Republic kicks her ass out of the Senate. <laughs> yeah. So okay. All right. Well, it just sounds like yeah, sounds so. like a bat's telling me Dave has hinted at Ahsoka dying. Ashley made some comment about her end in a recent recent interview with Dave there, and he dead stops and looks at the camera. 
Well, I mean, it's like it's the same thing with like all of these characters. Like you, like people. I know it like sucks for for characters to die, but hey, like the fact she's speaking to Ray means she has some sort of connection after her physical form. So we could always see her as a spirit, right? Yeah. No one's ever I mean, truly gone. Just, just remember Wars. what Luke says. No one's ever truly yeah. gone. Nobody dies right. in Star Wars. Good stuff. <laughs> Let's go ahead and round on home here for this marathon episode for myself. So you know what time it is, everybody. It's time for the fan segment. That's right. We're one of the only dumbass Star Wars fan podcasts out there that dedicate a segment to its own fans. <laughs> you know how we do it? We got a, it's a two-pronged affair. We start with the question of the week, which you can get the prompt on Instagram Tuesday mornings at Star Wars Time Show. Check the stories. Check the profile grid. You never know what we're going to ask. We try to theme it around the weekly discussion. So this week, Nick, what do you think we're talking about? We're talking visions. That's right. Visions. We polled the fandom. What did they think about Star Wars visions? Did they have a favorite? Did they have a least favorite? Nobody knows. Nobody wants to share. Uh, I'm just trying to find the damn screen to bring it up while I'm vamping here. And it doesn't look like it's going to let me. So hold on a second. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Say say some stuff. All right, say some stuff. So yes, our thoughts on visions are, are are pretty clear. Season two. So if you missed that, uh, go back, rewind the episode, and we give you our full breakdown of our positioning, our ranks for these. Um, and based off of the uh, the comments on the Instagram post, doesn't look like there were too many people that like jumped out and watched all of visions immediately. We got some responses, but it wasn't there it is. overwhelming. There it is. Thank you for the thing. vamping, yeah. good buddy. That's right. Question of the week: What was your favorite, least favorite short from Star Wars Vision season two? And guess what? It was a dud, Nick. It was one of the old. Let's just capture the whole damn comment feed. So go ahead, my friend. Yes. First up is at hitboy underscore zero one two four. He says, "For my part, it's I am your mother by Ardman Studio. It's very funny." Hey, that just goes to show everybody's taste is different because that was my last one. So I'm glad yeah, that, that Hit Boy enjoyed <laughs> I Am Your Mother. Um, next up, Mando Mugshot says, only up to episode four, so can't comment on a whole. As fun as they are, however, they just don't feel like Star Wars, even more so than the original season. Um, so it seems like Mando Mugshot doesn't have a, a favorite uh, at all. He just doesn't think they feel like Star he's, Wars. He's which, putting in the time. That's all we can ask of a Star Wars fan. Yeah, no, he's he's working his way through. Uh, Nova Toymation, he says, I'm only up to episode six, but so far, Journey to the Darkhead was my favorite. Uh, I feel like it had the best condensed story of the shorts so far and really done yeah, the animation I, I, style. I get that. You know why Nova's only yep. up to episode six? He dropped a fantastic stop motion last week, Nick, that I reacted to. It was... <laughs> it's fucking Boba Fett in his back to tank. He has a shark, and he can't get out. And the end is just like... <laughs> oh it's just God. like this little turd floating towards him, and at the end, it gives him like a little boop on his neck. It's, so. It is fucking fantastic. Check him out, Nova Toymation on Instagram. Big fan of the Good stop motion stuff. because he's got that toilet humor down. All right, Very moving fun. on to the next one. Next. <laughs> yes, 2797 Studios says, uh, got to say my favorite was Sith. I uh, thought the art was stunning. There's a few good ones, or there are a few good ones, but overall I think season one was a lot stronger. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Sith definitely ranked up there for both of us as well. It was my four. It was Matt's three. Uh, we both agreed on the animation style. Um, Sith and, would be uh, fun yeah. on on like a psychedelic, I think. A few of these episodes yeah, would like be fun were, on psychedelics. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Sith, strong episode. Uh, and then Clone War 501st says, I really enjoyed Screechers Reach, love the animation style, and the story with the twist. But... As I am from Ireland, it was great to see some Irish heritage, as in the Banshee brought into Star Wars, but not done in a way that was Hollywood, Irish, oi, fake accents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that he typed the Irish accent in there. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Irish. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, lassie. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, overall, the whole season was very cool. So, like, what I like about what Clone War Five Hundred First did was it, it it really brought something to light that, like, even Matt, like Matt and I, could not have told you about. Like, we did not know that there was a lot of Irish heritage, Irish storytelling that was built into that story, and that's what I think makes this version, this season of of visions a little bit more interesting is that it's not like season one all all japanese studios clearly pulling from japanese culture totally. this one a lot of different influences like we were saying you know like uh, yeah, some you people know, would describe this season as being woke wouldn't you agree yeah, i guess <laughs> i guess you could say that i mean i guess you could say that east indian heritage with the uh the uh, Irish. What was it? I can't get the, over know, the Irish, man. That is <laughs> the Irish. Um, yeah, I mean, East Indian heritage is in there. You have Irish. You have, uh, you know, Spanish American heritage with the Into the Stars one with their like paint, their wall paintings and stuff like that. Oh, there's fuck. A, there's a lot of different like <laughs> cultural influences that go into it, which makes it enjoyable if you're looking at it from that lens. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Big fan. <laughs> All right, sorry. So, this is why we keep this segment because every every once in a while it gets me to laugh at just completely stupid shit. Like the, it, it was a well put comment, but the fact that Clone War five hundred one SD tried to like type out the Irish accent the way Americans say it, that brilliant, love it. Thank you, Clone War five hundred one ST. Indeed, indeed. So uh, good stuff there. Thank you all for responding. Uh, here we go. Back to it. Um, Back to it. And then now we're moving into our top That's five right. Star Wars fan arts features of the week. This week done by Matt because honestly, I had so much shit going on that it just completely fucking slipped my mind. I had my closing on my house today. We were packing How'd yesterday. That go? You, we you got the monies. We we got the monies. The monies are in the bank. Um, so so you, that's you guys good. like you move this weekend or is that not start yet? No. So so here's my here is the rest of my week. Uh, tomorrow we have inspect an inspection on the new house, um, and then I have uh, three work meetings. Uh, then on Thursday we have our punch walkthrough for the new house and then i have two freelance meetings and then friday um friday's pretty chill oh, so like not you know what else we got today. on thursday is our dnd holy hell we D &D are terrible at promoting our specials but yeah the plan yes. is to do uh 
uh, Star Wars time show Dungeons and Dragons extravaganza this Thursday, 5 p. Yes, so that will also be happening for me on Thursday. So Thursday I have a three-hour home walkthrough, meetings, and then Star Wars D&D. And then Friday I get kind of a day off. And then Saturday is the XFL championship game in San Antonio. So I'll be going there. Um, And then, yeah, we close on our new house Thursday of next week. And then on Wednesday, we have our final, final walk. You're literally doing money in money out, right? Like you got the money in, then the money's going right out. That that's, that's awesome. Yep. So my, my last, it's, it's a lot of very condensed schedule for the next two weeks for, for actually the the, the show. We're we're probably going to miss an episode coming up, but we'll we'll talk more about that next week. Cause I'm leaving Nick's leaving all sorts of shit going on. I'm building decks. I'm building basement floors. My toys are getting smashed together from gravity. They're probably all trashed at this point, but Nick it's time. For yes. five Star Wars fan featured artists. We do it every week throughout the week. If you want to get in the mix to try to make the top five, your destination is at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. That's right. Any of your Star Wars content, tag us, add tag, add tag Star Wars Time Show, then use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. I'll check those out every morning as I'm taking a dump and I'll feature some. And then on Mondays, usually Nick will curate the list and pick his top five, which brings us to today's winners. Everyone's a winner, but these are this week's winner winners. Yeah, that's right. So. First up in the top five this week is at Darth Dondada. I think you put him in last Darth week, Dondada. didn't you? I did. He he. I don't remember if it was last week. Dude, but dude's he's on a tear right now. Yeah, the dude is on yeah, a tear. Like, There's no doubt about it. Nick, I picked this one. I guess I should talk since I I picked him. <laughs> uh, I just I love the the forced perspective on Bo and how everyone else is washed out. It really. It really laser focuses your eye on her. And, you know, it's kind of a, a scene recreation from season three. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a fantastic way to, uh, like, put Bo front and center as she was in Mando season three. You know, like, I think she has probably taken over the mantle as, like, the lead character of that series, at least for the time being. We'll see what happens in season four. But obviously... Uh, season three was was heavy focus on Bo, and yeah, I mean, I love kind of like having her uh, her former Mando squad in the background yeah. as they like rededicate herself to her, and then having Din kind of in that mid ground setting where he's always kind of been like, "Hey, I'm on your side," but uh, I think we may need to 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 bust some heads here to make sure everybody's in line. So, uh, big big fan of this shot, big fan of Bo Katan, and and seeing where she. Uh, goes in season four. That's right. So. At Darth Don Dada on Instagram. Don Dada. And speaking of your hit us with this speaking one. of your lady, how about this one? This one's sick. This one here is from Bright Status Media. I fucking love this shot, man. That backlight it, is something else. It's sick. So what we see is Bo Katan again, except there's nobody else in the shot. It's how it should be. Only Bo Katan for the two percenters, right? The two percenters. Yeah, out did, you, there. did you finally go check out the did I you saw see the, her I clip? Saw the video. <laughs> I did see the clip. It was funny. Um, it was good stuff. But uh 
I mean, it, it's Bo Katan in all her glory, whipping the the full night owl get up, both pistols drawn, and like you said, this this red backlight really it's, kind it's of everything, makes man. her pop. And you know, Trevor has has tried to say this before in times you're out, like he he tends to critique a bit more in in a nice way. I actually I actually think it's a service for people, but it really, dude, backlight is everything. In all forms of photography, but especially in toy photography, it just sharpens the figure. It kind of edges it out, makes it pop. And then you splash in a little atmosphere like it looks like Bright Status did. And it's just it's an all around great portrait. I mean, I, I love this thing. I was like, damn, I wish when I had my bow out, I shot her like this. I did more of like more headshots. But this is my type of photography these days. If I can ever get my basement back in order, which is probably going to be at least another month or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, if I was a toy photographer and I saw a shot like this and I was like, man, I could, I could pull this off. Cause like, like you said, and like you've always kind of pointed to in toy photography, even back when you were like heavily into the scene and, and, and like out in the yard a lot, it's like the portrait shots are really kind of what got you into yeah. it. And like a good one like this is really Low stress. Like it, it really just, just let, yeah, let the figure you know. and let the light shine. That That's what I'm all Do about. The there you yeah. go, buddy. There you go. So good stuff there at bright status media. Woo-woo. I believe that's a first time feature as I well. So. so congratulations. Uh, next up our good buddy, that's right at work more or less um and he's given us an awesome scene recreation of the iconic trench run from uh a new hope so i mean what we see and and like the perspective here is fun because you're kind of seeing this as almost like a like a camera trailing this this tie fighter into the trench as it's following red five down into this trench uh, you see explosions on the surface of the, of practical. the Death Star. Pra- everything in this shot's yeah. practical, by the way. Even the trench. That almost looks like a like a burnt marshmallow. It, well, there at it's the, the um, I don't know if you've, you've seen that. Yes, it's it's the cotton balls that are painted, and then you put a light underneath yeah. them. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I love the shot. I love the perspective. Um, and it, it is, it's just a great scene recreation from one of the most iconic scenes and in Star Wars history. What Jason's been doing at work more or less for those that don't know him, but he's been, he doesn't post as much as he used to kind of like me, but he, he at least gets to it. I'd say once a month, but what he's doing, Nick, he's, he's kind of showing people with these shots how to do crazy looking effects practically. So like I said, this trench is all practical. It looks endless because he's using mirrors. So, so so not only does at work more or less provide great looking toy art. He also gives you detailed tutorials on how to achieve some of these effects. So I mean, he's definitely a, a stalwart in the community. He's, he's one of the Jedi masters trying to teach the younglings, if you will. Yeah. So, Hey, that's, that's the best kind of follow out there. Too bad he's he's probably watching Maz's toy box stream right now because they, they do a toy (laughs) stream every Tuesday at six. And I think that's where half our audience is. (laughs) Wow. Look at that. They all left us. Pure competition. They all left us. But you know what? We love Jason. Uh, we love the work course, that he does, so make sure to give him a follow at work more yes, or less. Uh, next up in this here top five is Trini action figure photos. This is also another first time feature, I believe. And what we see here is is Darth Vader 
he looks i don't know if he's on dagobah but he's definitely on like a more swampy kind of tropical planet and he's he's lifting kind of like almost what his son did on dagobah right trying to do i mean remember luke couldn't do it yoda did it so he he's doing the yoda move on dagobah but instead of an x-wing he's got a standard tie fighter and it just it nick I, i i think and we'd probably have to go to Trini Action Figure Photos page, which I don't feel like doing because I'm lazy. But I think this is a comic book or an art piece recreation uh, okay. using toys. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a beautiful shot. I mean, I love how he's either. It looks like he probably put like the moss dripping yeah, down yeah, from yeah. The, the Tie Fighter on there. Um, I love the floor in the in the background. Probably here. aquarium. The whole, probably aquarium props. Yeah. The whole setup is just awesome and really kind of sells this tropical swamp-like planet that, that like, Vader somehow, like, crashed onto. Now he's got to find his way out. Um, yeah, no, awesome, awesome yeah, I, shot I just I dug sure. this. I think Trini's a first and first, like a first feature and then a first top five. So when that happens, you know you put out some quality art that make these two dope smile. So congratulations. That's right. Congratulations at Trini Action Photo Figure Photos on Instagram. Next up, we have this is so cool. Uh, the, the good old Luke Skywalker to close out. This is at Visual underscore Approach underscore Photo. Visual Approach is one of our favorites here for sure. And this is showing like we've seen Luke take down an ATST before. Yeah. This is how you do uh, it, Cal. You, know, you don't just sit yeah, there and whack at its off. feet like a little pussy. Yeah, you jump up and you cut it completely in half, one stroke with your lightsaber. You cut it in half so bad that the pilot is still in it and doesn't even know what's happening. Dude, look happening at it. Do you yet. see the like, pilot's face? Like, he even put a reaction like, on the pilot's face. That's how much, oh that's how deep Sean went here. So, so I'll give you some insights. That, that, uh, chicken walker. He literally split that in half, practically. Like he, I believe he he used the Dremel to cut he that. Actually, he cut that fucker in half for this shot. Did the effects to make it look like you know hot laser went through it, so it's that molten metal look. And he even digitally manipulated the driver's face to, as you noticed, to give him a reaction. It's just yeah. like visual approach photos. If you just look at all the little nuance, you realize like how big of a genius he is with practical effects. Because that background is a printed paper, you know? So you got printed paper background, wow. a practically split at ST. And then of course, Luke in his, uh, I think that's the Mando verse garb, but it yeah, just, it I mean, like I, I just the, 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 the fact that he had this idea, that's what I mean. That's what I've always lacked in this hobby is the creativity to execute. And, and that's why visual approach is one of the juggernauts out there. Oh, yeah, he's definitely a, a top of the barrel type of guy here. So uh, good stuff from at visual underscore approach underscore photo. Uh, very well done. Uh, that's the end of the top five. And that's the end of our show for this week. So, Matt, thank you for for uh, that awesome interview that you guys had at the beginning of the show while I was out. I'll tell you about. what, man, I, I'm, I'm, we should have them every month. Cause they bring a crowd. There's no doubt about it. We had the most people ever when they were here watching the show. I mean, it got up over a hundred, not again, not I'm someone that still thinks we should be in the thousands or, or five digits, six digits, but Hey, I'm a narcissist, but it was, it was nice. Uh, the, you know, they were, they were fellow fans, but 
you gotta understand like they're this micro galaxy squadron line the jazzwares launched last year it has become like the obsession uh, nice. I mean, so these guys are making waves and they're they're quite popular these days. So it was a nice get by Spa Spa Spencer, even though I didn't necessarily request it. I'll give them credit on that one. It definitely brought brought an audience. So, hey, if you manage to stick around, uh, if you're the Jazzware or the Micro um, Galaxy Squad crew and you liked what you saw with the, you know, Nick and I talking visions and some Filoni movie and Thrawn's death, then please sub up. Hit the like button, leave a comment, head on over to StarWarsTime.net, check us out on the internet, maybe sub to the podcast platforms, because the shows we do live, they always get ported to podcasts a day later. So if you don't like looking at our goofy faces, you can always listen to us on a podcast platform of your choice. So best place to do that, if you're new, StarWarsTime.net. All right, there's always time for Star Wars Time. Hopefully you learned that today if you're new here. If not... Go to hell. That's what we like to say here. All right, my friends, I'm beat. That was about a three-hour shift for me. I haven't eaten dinner yet. It's almost 8 o'clock. Time to get the family ramped down. I've been bad dad. So as I like to say, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always.